Listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network for the most exciting month since Rene Russo month. Uh, but still, a month we have been waiting three to four years to do. It is our replacement for James Bond month, and the only thing we could do to replace James Bond is the second greatest man to ever live. We are talking about <laughs> Brendan Fraser. Should have been James Bond, let's be honest. <laughs> Could have been James Bond, at least. Oh. Um, His dad still is can. James Bond in one movie. So, you know, shout out to Timothy his Dalton. His dad is... Well, his Timothy Dalton's dad, his dad was... Timothy Dalton was his dad in Looney Tunes back in action. Coming soon to Brendan Fraser Month 2.0 <laughs> in another three years. Oh, well, we, we will get to it. <laughs> just stay tuned for when all the other movies, including James Bond... We're just going to make this the new month for whenever a James Bond movie cancels. Yes. So... Expect multiple Brendan Fraser months next year. Brendan Fraser, the there will be year. 2021 yes. coming soon. <laughs> Long overdue. And we are kicking it off with a uh, one of Brendan Fraser's, I guess, most famous roles, 1997's George, George, George of the Jungle. Watch uh, out for that tree. Um, I'm actually very excited to cover this movie. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Uh, (laughs) Let's get into it. My name is Colin, and now is the part where we throw our heads back and laugh. Ready? (laughs) Ready. Ready. (laughs) 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 Oh, that's the best bit of this entire movie. Uh, My name is Seven Foot White Ape Ben, and I am swift. I am strong. I am sure. I am smart. I am unconscious. <laughs> and there's the confirmation for everybody out there who was wondering what Ben's race was. Yes. <laughs> now Honestly, we know. <laughs> I don't like to identify with a race. I like to <laughs> keep my race ambiguous. And today I finally decided to go with white. So He has um, been outed. He is white and an ape, which yes. I think everybody already guessed. Yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> also played by John Cleese today, funny enough. <laughs> George of the Jungle... You know, it's funny. I mean, this was a given we were going to do it. I mean, the first choice anybody would have would be The Mummy, obviously. But we'll save The Mummy for a mummy month because uh, there's plenty of those movies to go around. Uh, other than that, I, I would assume maybe Encino Man and George of the Jungle are his two most famous roles that he had. Uh, this one, obviously, you know, was a huge hit when it came out originally. I remember seeing this when it originally came out. I remember being surprised that I like this. Uh, cause it, it didn't, I mean, it looks like just a dumb comedy and, you know, I was a fan of Brendan Fraser all the way from back in Encino Man. And maybe I'd just forgotten how good he was with idiotic comedy, <laughs> just playing brainless comedy. Cause this is how, what he got his start on. Uh, I probably haven't seen this movie in over 20 years, but I do remember that I enjoyed it when I did see it when I was much younger. I wasn't sure what I would think about this. This movie holds up way better than it has any business holding up. This movie is so good. And the thing is, for like a dumb slapstick kids movie, it's got heart. Like it's got like it's got a plot. It's got like movies today should look at this movie and kind of take (laughs) a page from its book because seriously, this movie. He's almost perfect when it comes to ticking all the boxes. Uh, and I never thought anyone would say that about George of the Jungle. Um, I, I'm, I'm struggling to remember if I saw this at the movie. I remember my first ever, I guess, uh, knowing this existed was seeing the Lost World Jurassic Park. And I remember this. there was a teaser trailer for this. 
And I think mm. it was just the the George of the Jungle theme. It's sort of I think it was just sort of you saw him swinging like like a, a POV camera swinging through the vines that maybe was that yeah. boom into the tree, and then you had the dun 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 dun, dun and I think maybe you had the animation or something. And I'd never heard of George that. of the Jungle. I was ten. And my dad obviously watched the cartoon as a kid or knew of the cartoon. So he was like, hey, I remember that cartoon. That looks good. So that was when I first knew this existed. Um, whether I saw it at the movies or not, I can't remember. I was probably too busy seeing How to Make an American Quilt. Uh, probably. <laughs> There's a reference. Boom. Tick it off list. Uh, <laughs> but... When I did see this, I, I fell in love. I used to watch this movie so much. Like I, When we talked about Cool Runnings a couple of years ago, I think I talked about how I would rent that and watch it like every day, twice a day. Mm. This was like this. I would rent this and just watch it daily. I love this movie so much. And I think that's what led me into eventually seeing The Mummy because I was like, hey, that's George of the Jungle. I need to see him. And I, just, I was a big Brendan Fraser fan from a kid. So um, watching it this time, though, it's probably been a couple of years since I have watched it. But... It, I, I was thinking like coming into this and this is maybe why I need to remember me saying this when it comes to Dudley Do-Right in a couple of weeks that, you know, I, I, this is one of those movies I'm thinking like, I love this movie so much as a kid that when you get to a certain age, you probably go, oh, okay, I can see why I liked it as a kid, but now it's a bit dumb and like as, as a mature adult, yeah. uh, well, me, not you, <laughs> sorry, not me. Uh, maybe it doesn't hold up, but this, you said it, this holds up so well. This is like... One of those movies where I feel that a lot of people look back at 90s movies and 80s movies and think, oh, God, how were they a thing? Like, why did people like those movies back then? This movie, release it today. It's still going to be fantastic. This is so good. And Brendan Freight, what a man. What a, I'm yeah, so glad we're doing amazing. this. He's just, what a nice, charming guy he is. <laughs> oh, what was he saying? Blast from the past. Oh, gee, uh, yeah. swell, swell. Thank you. <laughs> because yeah, it's. I don't know. I'm just so excited to talk about this movie because this movie's great. I said to you off air that I wish I had to put this in my top fifty movies of all time. Maybe I will. Screw Batman v Superman. George <laughs> of the Jungle is getting that slot now. <laughs> and again, this is this is just my surprise of having not seen this in twenty years and being like wow, this is better than I remember it being. And, and I remember liking it, but being young, like you said at the time. Uh, th- there's so much that works about this movie. A, it does work if you're just a kid and you just want some goofy comedy, some physical comedy, a guy hitting a tree. Uh, it also works as a parody. I mean, this is 100% a straight up parody of Tarzan. You get, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of Tarzan, the, the book Tarzan. They made a book of it. Did you know, Ben? <laughs> I, I don't know what those words mean. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> then you wouldn't understand the words in the book. Uh, but yeah, they made a book of it. And uh, I still say they made a book. They made, there was a book before they made a movie. And the Tarzan book is actually one of my all-time favorite books. Uh, so there's a lot of little references I get in here. Just when they break the fourth wall in this movie and, and some of the the satire in this is actually really smart and really, really brilliant. Like we get through the screeners. Let's, let's look up who the screenwriters were in this movie because... They deserve some type of award. I mean, I'm not saying this is going to win an Oscar, but for what this movie is, it is written so well. It is directed so well. It, it is acted so well. I mean, this movie has no business being this good. It's it's kind of, remember when we did Twister and we talked about how, you know, maybe the script isn't brilliant, but it comes across as brilliant because the cast just look like they're having fun. The chemistry is there. Like, this is kind of one of those movies like this where I feel just everything gels together. And you talk about direction, Sam Wiseman, he directed D2, The Mighty Ducks, maybe the mm-hmm. weakest of the Mighty Ducks trilogy. And that's still a good movie. 
Uh, but um, the the script screenwriters. So you have Dana Olson and Audrey Wells. So two two females writing this. That's good to good to see. The nineties. Like this is you know not today where it's a big push. This was happening back then. Um, Dana Olson wrote George of the Jungle. Funnily enough, Inspector Gadget. There's a guilty pleasure. I don't know how you feel about the Inspector Gadget Similar. movie. Yeah. Um, and also appeared as an actor. Actually, Dana Wilson is a man. I should say that. <laughs> but, Written you know, by a woman. Good on you. <laughs> Women getting into the business. No, wait. It's another guy. I, I did the opposite of what most people do. I, I assumed the gender was the other way around. Generally, it's that way. But uh, anyway, apparently uh, Dana, Wilson, uh, Dana Wilson, Dana Olsen, uh, <laughs> Dana Wilson um, was an actor in Rat Race, apparently. Anyway, uh, Audrey Wells, who apparently sadly is no longer with us, she uh, helped write The Truth About Cats and Dogs. There's a oh. movie that hasn't been mentioned since 1996. Um, that hasn't been mentioned since Uma and Oprah was still a <laughs> yeah. relevant joke. <laughs> I'll tell, tell you one thing. There's a tricky one. What would you rather watch? The Truth About Cats and Dogs or How to Make an American Quilt? Like, uh, it's, it's always going to be How to Make an American American quilt now. True. I already know the truth about cats and dogs, whereas I don't know how to make an American quilt. So that that's the <laughs> difference there. I uh, also wrote The Kid. That Remember that Bruce Willis movie? Uh, yeah. Liked, I actually like that movie. Not a bad movie. Uh, Under the Tuscan Sun, Shall We Dance? Uh, a Dog's Purpose? Uh, so uh, some hits and misses, let's just say there. But um, All the favourites. All the favourites. But, yeah, no, it's like you summed it up so well. And I think the thing about this movie that – what was a movie we did recently where we were kind of like, this is a bit dumb that you kind of forgive the plot holes. I can't remember what movie that was that we talked about recently, but this is kind of one of those movies where there's like, mm-hmm. if you were to be sit here with an absolute analytical brush, you're like, well, how is he swinging from that vine? It's not attached to anything. Like why did George's parents never look for him after they lose him in the African jungle? Like, Okay, we're going to point him out now. It's just so dumb and silly, you don't care. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you've got yeah. people fighting with the narrator in this movie. You've got fart jokes. <laughs> you've got classic element of physical comedy. Bad guy falling poop. Like, it's just, <laughs> this movie is brilliant. And I want you to remember how you feel about this when you watch Dudley Do Right in a couple of weeks, because Dudley Do Right's the same. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> it's just got and, Sarah and Jessica thing. Parker in it. That's the difference. And this one has a Leslie Mann, not to be confused with Leslie Hope. Uh, and what a woman, way, Leslie Mann. I love Leslie What a Mann. woman. And she is a woman, despite her last name. So there, <laughs> there could have been some confusion there, too. <laughs> Which, it's funny with Leslie Mann. Can I just point out that, like, she kind of is almost like Brennan Fraser in a way, that she was quite big at this period. Like, she had done The Cable Guy. Um, she had done something else around this period, too. Like, she, she always popped up in movies in sort of the mid to late 90s. And then she disappeared. And then all of a sudden yeah. she was in like Knocked Up and the 40-Year-Old Virgin mm-hmm. and just had a big renaissance really. And now she's... When she got married to the director. Oh, okay. Well, that too. That probably <laughs> helps. She is a Helena, Helena Bottom Carter, Carter or whatever her name is yeah. uh, of um, Judd Apatow. But, uh, but like, I mean, she's kind of just all of a sudden now pretty much a household name uh, as she mm-hmm. sort of was in the 90s. So And doesn't age. My goodness, Leslie Mann looks good Not today. At all. Anyway, tangent. So I'm excited. You can tell I'm excited. It's Brendan Fraser out there, everyone. It is. It's the beginning. Uh, uh, let's quickly just mention this is based on an animated series, as you said. Uh, I, I probably had heard the name George of the Jungle. It was definitely on TV because I remember when, around the time the movie came out, I was like, let me check this out. But uh, in Canada, they had just launched um, the Canadian equivalent of the Cartoon Network. It was called Teletoon. 
And when they originally launched, it was primarily old animated shows. So I can remember this being on TV daily and seeing a few episodes. The theme song, you know, I think people probably knew whether they even knew it was a TV show or not. Most well known for the theme song. Um, This is a big era for animated adaptations obviously the oh, yeah. flintstones was the the, the one that kind of launched this we're only 1997 here what like three four years away from uh, when the flintstones came out uh the inspector gadget movie you already mentioned that that came out around the same time the mr. Mag- cartoon of course the, the, was- do right yeah mr magoo movie uh the, the 90s was all about you know taking any type of tv shows uh and turning them into movies but with animated it shouldn't have worked. And I feel like this movie works in the same way that the, the, the Flintstones works. It's not trying to make it real. Mm. The physical gags are, if you look at the poster of this movie, it is George of the Jungle's outline through a tree. As if you, in a cartoon, if you go through an object, the entire body's outline is there. Like this movie plays that up completely. But then the little smart things that they, they do, I don't know. I, I haven't seen the animated show probably in also 20 something years. So I don't know if this is, uh, you know, the, the talking to the narrator, if that was really a part of it um the uh, pointing out their own plot holes and smart ways i mean this is the kind of stuff that uh that would completely go over the kids heads uh, no matter what area you're in and they fill this movie out which i think is the reason why i appreciate this more now than i even did when i was younger uh and, but yeah. uh sorry I go you ahead finished. no 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 i, I interrupted you no no you interrupted me okay you interrupted me we talked about this <laughs> you, you you're threatening to walk Unless I yeah. stop interrupting you, all right? So it's okay. <laughs> you don't go join. Rob has another podcast. You stay here, all right? I won't interrupt you. All right. You you promised me how to make an American quilt, and I will stay. Yes, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you. I thought you were about to talk. I'm very wary, all right? Your lawyers are very tough people in that pre-production meeting. They're scary. Um, quickly, just going through the cast here. You, you mentioned Brendan Fraser. If you've oh, heard of him, heard of him. Uh, what a man! It, it is. It's really interesting because Encino Man, when that came out, when I was a kid, I mean, I, I, Bill and Ted was obviously so big for me as a kid. Uh, but uh, Encino Man, I think, was the first movie that came out that really was trying to capitalize on the popularity of Bill and Ted. Uh, very similar. And uh, Brendan Fraser was a complete unknown at that time playing a caveman uh, who becomes the coolest guy in a high school because they don't tell anybody that he's a caveman. Uh, Literally in the exact same year, he does a movie about anti-Semitism in private schools called School Ties. Would you ever see School Ties? Great movie. Uh, I can't quite say I have, but I look forward to that in anti-Semitism month. Yeah. Well, it was it was written by Dick Wolf, who's the guy that made the Law and Order shows famous, uh, but uh, one of his few movies he made. And then Brendan Fraser just goes on this role of alternating kind of more serious dramatic movies and comedies. Uh, he had dramatic movies like, um, uh, uh, what was that called? The, Crash. the, the, the one, no, they had a big soundtrack to it. I'm going to have to look it up here now. Uh, Patrick, no, Patrick Dempsey was in it too. Uh, oh, with honors. Anatomy. No, <laughs> with honors. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. With Joe Pesci and Patrick Dempsey. That one, again, a huge hit at the time. Uh, he did um, the uh, n- n- now, now and Then, a cameo in Now and Then. I do remember him from that. Oh, wow. Uh, Coming whoa! soon to Hell American <laughs> Quilt Month. Jamie literally popped out of nowhere, out of the corner of my eye. Oh. What happened? Because you heard Now Jamie. and Then or she heard Brendan Fraser? What's happening? <laughs> 
I don't know. It just got a flash of Brendan Fraser shirtless I, and it just lost it. I actually really do like Now and Then. I shouldn't joke. That is actually one of those. It is. Movies. It was a decent movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, good movie. That was. I always get that confused with. Um. Remember when Mallory was like, oh, I want to watch Little Women, and I'm like, Isn't that that one with that? And I'm like, Oh no, that's Now and Then. I don't know why they're completely yeah. different movies, but anyway. <laughs> Well, Nona yeah, Ryder was uh, probably now and then somewhere, right? She was everywhere in the 90s. Like How to Make an American Quilt. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but then, of course, the other big dumb comedy that he alternated, uh, we're going to be covering in a few weeks, Airheads, which is uh, very exciting. Uh, but he just seemed to continue doing this for a long time. And you, you think it went away after a while. But really, I mean, you go through his entire filmography, and this is what Brendan Fraser always did. It is two completely different extremes. He will do a very serious, dramatic movie, and then he'll do beyond a dumb comedy. I think that's kind of one of the things that I always appreciate about him and probably one of the reasons why he's he did stay in the public. I mean, we're going to get into it you know, throughout this month, but a lot of the criticism of Brendan Fraser just dropped off the face of the planet. Brendan Fraser can't get a job anymore. Look at what happened to Brendan Fraser. We talked about a little bit off the air. Uh, but look at how long his career went for with a lot of success. Yeah. You go all the way up until 2008 when he had $200 million movies come out the same year, Journey to the Sandy Earth and The Mummy 3. That's 16 years. And yeah, sure, there's a couple of bombs in there, but 16 years of massive, massive success. I mean, it's no wonder we are doing this month, right? Yeah, and I think the thing, and yeah, we'll talk a lot about, I think, in the month kind of where he went because it's actually... You, you know, we were talking about off air that it's kind of a bit of a sad story where he went. It's it's not like he just stopped, not like anyone would hire him anymore because of one certain thing. It's not like he had a drug addiction or anything like that. Kind of just yeah. like a, a series of events kind of really just un, unfolded and it just sort of didn't work out a lot for him. And of course, revelations in the last few years, there was a, I think it was a variety interview he did, of course, you know, a pretty damning interview. Uh, you know, he sort of, he unfortunately was... I guess in this Me Too movement, sort of he had an incident happen to him which kind of uh, has so-called held him back for a while. But it is kind of a, a very unique career. And I kind of feel that Brennan Fraser, and this is going to be a weird comparison, but I think you're going to buy it with me. He's kind of like a Keanu Reeves in that yeah, everybody loves him and everybody is glad to see him when he does show up. It's, you know, because you do see, literally you type in Brennan Fraser and the first thing in Google that comes up is what happened to Brennan Fraser. And people aren't doing this because it's like, oh, hey, remember what happened to Ryan Felipe? Where is he now? Ha, 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 ha. Like, you know, he used to be a thing. Like, I think people genuinely care because I think now we're at that age where I guess a lot of people grew up with Brendan Fraser with these movies. So they have nothing but fond mm -hmm. memories of him. You know, I talked about, um, I think it was off air about how something like Looney Tunes Back in Action maybe wasn't the biggest movie when it was released, but now it's sort of a really beloved cult classic. It's kind of like Space Jam where sort of everybody just absolutely loves it. It was part of their childhood. This movie we're doing here today is, is one of them. The Mummy movies are just beloved by everyone. Um, and, you know, sort of other movies that you and I champion. I mean, we've obviously done uh, Blast from the Past, which is kind of one of those hidden gems. I feel Blast from the Past and Bedazzled are very similar. I feel like they're movies that are absolutely fantastic that maybe don't get the cult love that they do, but I feel might one day because they're actually really good movies. Um, mm -hmm. but like, it's, it's kind of, a, it's interesting that you see so many people concerned about him. So yeah, he's kind of, he's kind of like Keanu Reeves in many aspects. I'm, I'm waiting for him to have the John Wick style trilogy, oh. I guess, which would be pretty awesome because you talk about his revival sort of, you know, a lot of people talk about him having these big movies sort of late nineties, early two thousands. And then they're like, Oh, we kind of went quiet after that. Well, he kind of had a sustained period there where I think people don't understand what he was in. I mean, crash. 
best picture winning yeah uh, you know movie which uh, controversial pick but still a fantastic movie uh journey to the center of the earth was a pretty big deal when that was released mm-hmm. and the third mummy which again i actually haven't seen that but uh you know it still did decent so i mean 2008 between 2004 and 2008 he had some pretty decent ones there as well so mm-hmm. uh and then furry vengeance i remember selling furry vengeance when i worked at sanity going what is this what is brendan fraser doing <laughs> um still haven't seen it though but anyway so yeah where the keanu reeves 2.0 brendan fraser I, I i can totally see that i mean they're both canadian they're both very nice guys they're both incredible looking yes uh, they both, they both alternate between really, really dumb comedy and really, really serious roles. They have both acted with Sandra Bullock. <laughs> they have. <laughs> uh, have yep. they both acted with Adam Sandler? No. Yeah. But uh, well, Keanu's Keanu's got a chance Sandler. to get there. That would be a good movie. I, let, I'd watch let's that. do it. Whoa. Have they both acted with Patrick Dempsey? No. Uh, but there's still a chance. Have they both acted with a horse? Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker? <laughs> In Dudley Do Right and Keanu Reeves with, uh, I was going to say Carrie Ann Moss, but she's not a horse. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> let's horse. move on before Ben gets another lawsuit here. Uh, Dudley Do Right, let's jump into it here. We're doing Dudley Do Right. What? We watched the wrong we movie. Are, oh, sorry. George of the Jungle. Can I? <laughs> you, wow, we, I really watched the wrong movie. I just before you say, I, I, I teased when we started this uh, month that there was two things that I wanted to kind of share. One was in Dudley Do Right. There's a scene there which I have often brought up. I want to. Can I quickly share my George of the Jungle story in terms of? Yeah, go for it. An extracurricular George of the Jungle story. So <laughs> extracurricular. Extracurricular. All right. PG, right? It is very PG, sort of. I I will pre-warn everybody by saying, unfortunately, there is no such footage of this existing. So if there was, I would gladly share it to embarrass myself. In 99, I was 12. I was in year six, my final year of primary school. So I I was kind of in that mindset where like, I'm going to do everything. Like I'm going to play in every sports team. I'm going to join every, you know, everything like this. So I joined the choir because why not? Ben Waterworth can sing, apparently. So... Joined the choir in, in 99. I, I was definitely one of those people who just laid back and lip synced. Uh, you know, I, I, I Britney Spears it basically all the time. Um, but so we decided in one of our assembly performances that we were doing, I think, movie songs and things like that. So we did the George of the Jungle thing. That was one of our songs that we were going to perform. And for some reason, I don't know why, I they wanted to have a person dress up as George of the Jungle in a loincloth and swing on a vine while we sung George of the Jungle. I got that gig. I was George of the Jungle. I had to wear a loincloth and swing on a vine in front of like 600 school kids in a school auditorium. And again, I don't have footage of this. If it does exist, if anybody from my school is listening and this does exist, it's like 21 years old now, I would love to see it because <laughs> I was a little bit stockier and biggier, biggier, bigger back then biggier. for my age. So, um, Chubby old fat Ben in a loincloth swinging on a vine. Back when self, I wasn't, you know, self-conscious about my appearance apparently. So uh, this, every time I hear the George of the Jungle theme, it just reminds me of swinging on a vine. So it just, <laughs> it's just kind of crazy. You played George of the Jungle. I did. Um, yeah. And you played it because you were the one in your class most appealing with 
his shirt off in a loincloth. Apparently, because I was probably the skinniest out of all the fat kids. I don't know. <laughs> I was going to uh, say, what was wrong with the school you went to? Either that or maybe I was the only boy in choir. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly the, the lining up in 1999 for boys to join the choir. Glee hadn't existed yet, so it wasn't cool back then to, to be singing. But I don't know. Word wasn't out that they were doing the George of the Jungle theme in choir. <laughs> Maybe I maybe I most resembled Brendan Fraser as a twelve year old. I just I also love your choirs, Australian choirs versus Canadian choirs, because the exact same year of school, our choir was doing songs from Les Mis, yeah. and you're doing George George George, George the Jungle. <laughs> but like, is, I it, even, is it a wonder why Canada is more well known for our musicians than Australia? Well. I mean, Iggy Azalea versus Celine Dion. Um, I mean, I, I even had to do that. Ah, like, I think that was my only line in the thing. So, yeah. Anyway, that's my You're story. You're going to have to s- sing the theme while I go through this opening do, segment do, here. Do, do, so, do, in do, the background, do. Ben's doing it. Do, and do. just like <laughs> last week, we get classic-styled animation, just like Harley Quinn had with the Joker. <laughs> Uh, we get the, I'm guessing this is supposed to be the animation. I looked up like a clip of George of the Jungle because I was walking around the house all day yesterday just going, George, George, George of the Jungle. <laughs> and Casper started imitating it. Having never seen the show, he just started going, George, George, George of the Jungle. <laughs> so I put it on and he would grab my phone and watch the video. And as soon as the theme song was over, he didn't want to watch the episode. He's just like, George of the Jungle. I'm like, okay, okay. It was really that he wanted. People hear the intro and they go, oh, I don't want yeah, to hear exactly. talking. Now. Oh, Ben's on this episode. Dun, 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 this is the Oz Network. <laughs> oh, I love the intro. Oh, shit, Ben's on. Skip. <laughs> you know, the other thing that Casper wanted to watch yesterday was the THX logo. Oh. You know, like, <laughs> he just wants to watch that on its own. That and George of the Jungle. You know, but, he just, uh, he just maybe... loves introductions. You should show him the 20th century. Oh, he knows that. Universal, uh, oh. the Universal theme song, he actually will bounce to the beat. He knows exactly when the dun-dun comes in. It's incredible. Wow. Put uh, him on the MGM and make the line roar to him. He would love yeah. that. <laughs> I've got to get him on some MGM. Look, we can just have Casper just doing those. Yeah. Just that yeah. there's the video. Child impersonates opening logos. And we avoid and we avoid copyright by having him do it. We can like go, oh, exactly. this brought to you by 20th Century Fox. <laughs> Is that the 20? Da, 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 da. <laughs> I don't know what that one was. Yeah. Like Benny Hill theme. Yeah, George of the Jungle. There's uh, the animation opening credits. Um, <laughs> so oh, this movie is this movie is so crazy that I honestly have no idea what half my notes mean. Uh, apparently, I wrote hidden mountains never recovered. Most precious, oh, that's supposed to be cargo. Yep. Uh, what, what was that? This goes by so quickly. So this is where basically they're explaining that the plane crashes into the hidden mountains and everyone survives. They've just got big boo boos. And they lose oh, yeah. their their precious cargo, yeah, the that's little right. baby George, <laughs> yeah. who again just the plot hole yeah. of plot holes like this. Think about this today: if a little baby went missing in Africa, the jungle, right? D- does the family just give up and move back to the states? Like surely, when Brennan <laughs> arrives later on in San Francisco, there's like a, a a flag going up, like, "Hey, here he is!" Like, 
but but just the fact that they um they they mention that like it, it's not a plot hole but they're drawing attention to the fact that hey nobody dies in animated shows like yeah. that I, I completely forgot why i even wrote this but i wrote it because it was such a smart line nobody actually dies they just that, have big boo-boos that's that's what i yeah i love that bit on the bridge when it's like don't worry nobody dies in this movie yeah <laughs> so funny uh, but the opening theme song should also mention, uh, I thought I recognized the voice here. This is the band, The Presidents of the United States of America. Oh, they were very big really? around this time. I didn't yes. realize that. I love them. Now, they were, yeah, I love them as a kid. Uh, now, I'm actually curious because uh, they are known as one hit wonders. So they have that song Lump, right? Uh, that's the one that everybody knows. Uh, but in Canada, they had a, their second single was a song called Peaches. That oh, was yeah, like, they, were, they were more than one hit wonder in Australia too. They had about yeah. four or five. Easily, yeah. It's it's weird. I mean, they're the band called the Presidents of the United States of America, and apparently, if you talk to anybody in America, they were completely a one-hit wonder. Yet here in Canada, I remember like three, four songs in a row were like number one songs here. Pe- Peaches, Lump, Kitty. Kitty, um, yeah. Yeah, June Buggy, Little Doom Buggy. June Bug, yeah. And then they did a great cover of... Um, Video uh, Killed the Radio Star. Yeah, for, for Wedding Singer. They, it was mm-hmm. funny, like I, it was one of the very first um, cassette singles I ever bought was Kitty by Presence of the USA. And that just happened to oh. be the only song they swore in. They didn't swear in anything else but Kitty. Yeah. <laughs> and my mum heard it and was like, no, you can't have this. So I had to return it. And then they came to Hobart to perform. I remember it like their peak. This was a big deal. Mm-hmm. And I uh, wasn't allowed to go see them. I was maybe like nine or ten anyway. But I think we went and waited outside the arena and you could hear them. Um, so, And then about ten years later, they came back to perform a small show. But then ticket sales sucked so they cancelled the tour and i was so devastated because <laughs> i had a ticket to it but no i love the presidents they're a great band yeah they're I, I, it's funny because i actually uh, their big gimmick they had was that they they wouldn't have all the strings on their guitars or their bass or whatever so their guitar was like four strings and i remember mm. i had like the bottom string break on my guitar and my mom was like oh do i need to get you new strings so like, no i'll just be like the president of the united states of america now <laughs> very influential in every country but their own where the band's actually named after and one of the best uh, uh, uh weird owl parodies was of yeah course, gump he's gump instead of love <laughs> who's gump who's gump which has, has surely there's somebody out there's done a trump one now right like there's gotta oh, be a trump weird owl's probably on got on his next album probably yeah now I got a kitty at my foot and a wow to touch, touch it. it. Kitty at my foot and I want to touch it. Kitty, touch it. <laughs> but like Peaches, like I think this is one of those things that Mallory doesn't get, and some somehow somewhere Peaches got brought up, and I'm like, Peaches come in a can. They were put there by a man in his factory downtown. <laughs> a great song do you remember oh. the video for that where yes. it was like all of a sudden out of nowhere ninjas come up yes <laughs> and that's the thing like they were just so quirky and like everyone goes on about was it red hot chili peppers were kind of like quirky and had like random things and and the foo fighters yeah. too like one of my favorite film clips is um is it learn to fly by the foo fighters oh yeah that play where they play roles. yeah such a great film clip but like presents were kind of like that too they were just very quirky mm-hmm. with the way they kind of had these film clips and their songs are just ah. Oh. Presidents of the USA Month coming soon to the Austin. Yeah. <laughs> Oz Music. Oz uh, Music. Hey, comes. there's a spinoff. I can you know, it's funny. Sing I, fire songs. I'm, I'm trying to remember who asked me this the other day. Somebody said, "Well, have you ever thought about doing uh, a bunch of episodes on albums?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Well, how do you recap an album? Can you really do that the same way?" But hey, if we were doing Presidents of the United States of America, we can. 
I literally had an interview this week I did for the Capital Daily. Download Ben's serious podcast right now. And I was interviewing a musician and I couldn't tell. Like, the, the, it's what sounded like a ukulele at the start. And I'm like, is that a ukulele? Because I'm like, and I said, like, I can't tell the difference between a ukulele and a violin. So tell me, was that a ukulele? <laughs> and Mallory's in the background laughing because she'd heard the song and she used to play ukulele. And she was like, yes, Ben. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like um I, i'm trying to remember what it was i think when you guys were over here uh i had mentioned something about it there, there was somebody that we, we we knew who they would just break out a ukulele at work and play it i'm like okay good on them they're learning the ukulele i'm like there's nothing weirder than walking in on a person playing the ukulele in a break room and then mallory was like what's wrong with the ukulele <laughs> <laughs> she toured the world with ukulele she, she's gone on world tours playing the ukulele colin hilding you you be careful she she opened for the president of the united states of america i heard she did. yeah bill clinton was uh, can yeah. we get her to learn how to play kitty on the ukulele <laughs> <laughs> i will put it on the list uh we, we, there we, we go yeah exactly and if she doesn't i will so yes i don't know how but anyway all right, so into the movie now. They flash forward to 25 years later, and here's the other crazy thing about Brendan Fraser. Maybe this is the reason why people make such a big deal about his appearance now. Oh, look at it! Look at him, Brendan Fraser. Look, even Jamie was like, "Oh, he has not aged well." I'm like, "Do you know how old he is? Like, the guy's 50 years old. He's going to look a little bit older, but he's played 25 year olds his entire career, <laughs> like mm. literally his entire career." Uh, the mummy comes out after this and he's playing a 25 year old. Uh, like he had a long period where I think he just didn't age. And now all of a sudden, because he looks a little bit older, people, you know, think that there's something wrong with him. Or he has a disease. And he went through, if you watch sort of these things and, and learn about what's happened to him, a lot of, one of the things that happened to him, he went through a lot of um, health problems as well, because apparently mm-hmm. like he'd do a lot of his own stunt work in a lot of these movies. So he was constantly doing physically demanding roles and it was sort of in the late 2000s that a lot of it caught up with him. He was he was having surgery. He went through all these different health problems, basically, with everything like this caught up on him. So I think kind of just a lot of these roles that he was doing, as you're saying, playing 25-year-olds, caught up with him. And, and eventually, you know, I mean, he's not Tom Cruise. He's not Keanu Reeves. He's not ageless. Yeah. You know, not everyone is ageless, but he's not Leslie Mann. But, yeah, <laughs> I think it's kind of it's a, it's a bit harsh to kind of see some of the criticism that he does face. Well, and let's, let's just briefly touch on the fact that, like you said, he does so much of his own stunts. I remember The Mummy, when that movie came out, uh, the audio commentary, Stephen Summers, who had made other big special effects movies prior to this, but and since, uh, he commented, not that this was his opinion, but he says the people at ILM, Industrial Light and Magic, if, if you don't know what that is, Google it, uh, you'll be pretty impressed. The people at Industrial Light and Magic said on the making of The Mummy that Brendan Fraser was the single greatest stunt performers they had ever seen working with visual effects like he could do everything he could have a fight scene with nobody there throwing his body all over the place and make it look real like ilm singled him out as one of the best so wow i don't think he really gets credit for that but look at the roles like this that probably is him hitting the tree yeah. <laughs> and they're probably using real trees yeah exactly no. rubber tree great for clothesline no that was real <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyways, he's 25 years old at the start of the movie here, and he looks great. Yeah. What a body. What a body. Uh. What a man. It's funny because I think uh, when I mentioned to Mallory about this, and she's like, I'm like, oh, Brandon Fraser, you know, pretty attractive guy. Oh, I never really found him attractive. And I don't think she sort of looked him up. I was like, yeah, that's who I was thinking it was. I don't know if she saw a picture from back in Georgia the Jungle, but I had friends in uh, back when I used to have friends. That uh, yeah, they <laughs> they were madly in love with Brendan Fraser. Like, oh, oh yeah. George, you know, he's hot in the mummy. Oh, yeah, he's hot. 
No, like, like no joke. It was crazy during the nineties. Like if you go back to even Encino Man or what was that movie? The Patrick Dempsey one I mentioned with, with, yes. with honors. Greater than enemy. I remember when that movie came out, like every teenage girl was obsessed with the movie and obsessed with Brendan Fraser. I mean, it was like, he was like these guys in the twilight movies. If we're going to go back 10 years, uh, he was like a twilight guy. I mean, that, that's how big he was. And then you add to that, the fact that he was doing these serious dramatic roles, adults liked him. It wasn't like, you wouldn't have to have as much of a hard sell to, you know, oh, Brendan Fraser is playing Superman as you would with Robert Pattinson because mm. I mean, he, he did it all. And well, look, we just love Brendan Fraser. Oh. Come on the show, Brendan. Just just imagine him and Rene Russo in the one episode. You and I would just be. Oh, wow. <laughs> tissues everywhere. We, we just we wouldn't be able to contain ourselves. <laughs> 1,000th episode. Let's put it out there. Rene Russo, Brendan Fraser, you come on. We have that type of pool on the Oz Network. Like, no. no we do, we, yes. We, we, we will talk to the higher ups. We, we literally had one person tweet us this week going, hey, I'd sign up to your Patreon if you had one. One person. <laughs> Did it? Yes. But, 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 you know, like. There's something good because I didn't even remember when we said that. I was going to ask you. I'm like, when did we say that again? Was it yeah. last week? Thanks, Tina Weston fans. It wasn't even maybe it was a <laughs> Tina Weston interview. Like that's the only I listen to. I'm guessing. But if you don't, considering we've yeah. been going three and a half hours on our episode, that means somebody listened to the end. So that's that's a real victory. Imagine when Let Undercover catches up. We'll be golden. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tell us what you think about Brendan Fraser now. Yes. Uh, when we say now, we mean 2022. Loud undercover. We're on to Tobey Maguire month finally, and he's still talking about Brendan Fraser. So yeah, uh, I'm going to try to follow my notes as best I can. But like this is the thing: this movie goes so quickly. It, uh, it, it is so insane that I already don't know what half of my notes mean here. Uh, I, I love the narrator again. The narrator uh, is so good. It was like Australian. He's strong. It, was it Australian? He, Who is it? He, he's um he is Australian. So uh, his name is Keith Scott. And the reason I looked him up was because I was like, oh, he kind of sounds familiar. But he, um, a great Australian television show and based off a very old book is called Blinky Bill, sort of like about a koala and a bunch of his animated friends and things like that. And uh, (laughs) there was a character in it called Flap the Platypus. Um, (laughs) And he was the voice of Flap the Platypus as well as Splodge the Kangaroo, Wombo, Mr. Koala, Mare Pelican, Danny Dingo, Meatball Dingo, Shifty Dingo, and various voices. But I used to love that show as a kid, so... Uh, it's pretty exciting that this guy was a Blinky Bill guy, but I love the I love the narrator, Keith Scott, great guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the when he mentions here the the opening where he's like, he's strong, he's smart, he's unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, so a couple things happening here. Uh, Leslie Mann is on oh, a safari. What a man! What a, man. <laughs> what a dong! Yeah. <laughs> Hey, we've got dongs to talk about in this movie. This is, for oh, a kid's movie, ever. there's a lot of dong references. <laughs> uh, but she's taking home video of her camcorder here. Uh, and uh, her fiancé shows up, which she oh. doesn't seem to want the fiancé there. Thomas Hayden Church, another oh, man. Might, maybe my favorite side character in this movie. Oh, he's amazing in this. And this is pre-Thomas Hayden Church being a big thing. I mean, yeah. I say being a big thing. He had like a brief run as a big thing, but he had been a sitcom guy. I remember he was on a TV show that my mom might have watched, but I hated called Wings in the 90s. Uh, and then he had another one that was like a very short-lived sitcom uh, called Ned and Stacy that developed this mm-hmm. massive cult following. Mm-hmm. But he was like just a sitcom guy. And later on, a couple of years after George of the Jungle, he'd get nominated for an Oscar for the movie Sideways, which oh, you know huge. totally revived his career. Yeah. But like at this point, he's not Thomas Hayden Church. He's just the guy in 
<laughs> I was going to say Dudley Do Right again, George of the Jungle. Well, well he was, uh, wasn't he in a, um, yeah, that show with Sarah Jessica Parker? So he's another connection uh, to. He was in a show with Sarah Jessica Divorce. Parker. Divorce. It was called Divorce. It was. I always got that confused with The Affair. They sort of came around about ah. the same time. Um, and I just, I just want to point this out really quickly. I'm sorry if I'm mean to say I actually have nothing against Sarah Jessica Parker. Uh, from what I, I didn't watch Sex and the City, and from what I've seen, I actually don't mind her. And what I've seen, but I just the horse bandwagon. I'm just mean. So anyway, I just I Sarah do Jessica have something against her. So. You do? Oh, okay. Yes, You're a Kim Cattrall man, are you? Or? <laughs> well, she's the Canadian one, right? So yeah, she yes. lives here. She lives here on the island, apparently. So yeah, she's got a new TV show too on CTV. I don't know if you've seen it. I have not. I will look it up just because <laughs> a I... A commercial came up for it and Jamie's like, are you going to watch that show? Or are you recording that show? I'm like, does it look like something I would watch? <laughs> are, you, are you not into Sarah Jessica Parker because she stole Matthew Broderick away from you? I mean, like, I, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm intrigued. You know what? Anybody who took Ferris Bueller from me is dead. Dead well, to me. <laughs> and, and props to them for saying they've been married forever. Good for them. Yeah. We'll see how much longer it lasts. <laughs> <laughs> Stop being mean to people who are married. <laughs> Colin, <laughs> you and Jamie will get divorced before they do. Well, if Brendan Fraser becomes single and that's who she leaves me for, I'll applaud her. <laughs> I'll take Renee. She'll take Brendan. Okay, then. I'll I'll have Tom. <laughs> Gay sex with Tom Cruise. Oz. Yes. I, uh, yeah, but we forgot to mention that, our new title. Whoops. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is how we go three hours. Okay. Um, tell me what... Was the reference to a candy counter at a Cineplex? Um, 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 yes, yes. Um, so they were talking when they're doing the story about the white ape when uh, the Kwame is doing the you know, and some ah, say yeah. he's a man, and then sort of Thomas Hayden Church jumps in and goes, and some say he's also working at uh, yeah. the local Cineplex now showing Planet of the Apes on all 40 <laughs> screens. He's just so good, he's just got that like well, right level of douchery to him that just makes him fantastic. Yeah, I'm going to get a little bit ahead of myself here, but can I just make the observation that as great as Brendan Fraser is, as great as Leslie Mann is, I would rather watch the Thomas Hayden Church and the tour guides or whatever you want to call them mm. for two hours. I mean, <laughs> if these two stories, these two pairings, that's the best thing in the whole movie to me. Well, I think Thomas Hayden Church is one of the few that came back for the sequel, isn't he? I'm, I'm, again, I he gave did, up yeah. after five minutes, so I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, he's just fascinating like you're right like i love the tour guides they're fantastic i love these two henchmen as well Mm -hmm. um and one of them abraham ben ruby the sort of the the doofy bigger guy uh he was um uh er yeah a desk clerk or not a nurse like a desk clerk what was his name in that show he was one of the best jerry was he jerry no jerry was the old jerry no i think it was jerry he was jerry um but he kind of appeared in a few other things as well didn't he around about then yeah, twi- oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, he was because we ta- we pointed mm-hmm. this out in Twister as well. So yeah, I-, I love him in this, and it's kind of this is back in that day when you kind of had the really like oh the boss like the sort of the henchman <laughs> yeah. sort of people. I'm like you don't have that anymore. You know, people have to be fleshed out and realistic now. But sometimes like it's just oh the boss like in in Inspector Gadget. <laughs> like oh, I'd love to do Inspector Gadget one day. I love that movie. Um, you know, you have that in that, but it's real cartoonish. Like it lives off the cartoony sort of mm-hmm. aspect of it. You know, it's oh, so good. Yeah, I, I would watch that movie. I, I want the Lyle Vandegroot spin-off. 
I am so lost at some of my notes and I'm just going to leave this and hope you bring some of this stuff up. There's a lot of crazy stuff that happens here. I know this uh, movie way too well, Colin. I, I wrote barely good. any notes and I, I'm not even barely got the movie on in the background and I know exactly like I, I realize how much I know this movie. So they're basically going out and they, they know there's this white ape out there uh, when they're, I think around the time they're crossing the bridge, there's uh, the narrator comments, something about uh, they reacted with awe and everybody goes, aww. <laughs> and then he's like, no, A-W-E. And they're like, aww. Yeah, That's better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then this is where like, the guide falls off the bridge. Is don't worry, nobody dies. They just get really big boo-boos. <laughs> Uh, the, I don't know why I wrote racist magic fire picture. Oh, here we go. Yes. Okay. This, I finally wrote a note where I remember what it is. So this is where Thomas Hayden church is trying to bargain with yeah. them by saying, you know, uh, a rich American man brings you magic fire and he's showing the lighter and then they can the magic picture in the camera and they're just all humoring him. And then they pull out their own <laughs> picture yeah. and take his picture. Burst out laughing at him. Uh, they say, he prefers the resolution of the Nikon, 35 millimeter. <laughs> <laughs> Your lens is just dirty Tommy, and sure. he has the equipment to clean it for you. <laughs> My favorite um, bit, I just want to say this out because I forget it, is when like he goes and sits back down or whatever it is. Oh, no, this is just before. It's after he's fallen off the thing. And Thomas A. Church, it's a literally man, like, look at them looking at me like that. They're probably saying, they're probably thinking I'm the biggest jerk they've ever met. They're probably thinking of something evil to do to me. And then they cut to yeah. the guys. This guy's the biggest jerk we've ever met. Let's think of something <laughs> evil to do to him. <laughs> um, oh, so good. Uh, so we're going to get introduced to George here because there's a, a lion. Now I wish that I could have just taken a million freeze frames of this fight here. So the lion shows up is scaring Leslie Mann and Thomas Hayden church. He passes out, <laughs> which of course he would. Uh, and this lion ends up being taken on because George of the jungle, Brendan Fraser swings in and all his oiled up chiseled body glory uh, and has a fight with this lion where he literally is putting it in headlocks, pile driving it, elbow smashing it like a, like a WWE wrestling match. And this lion, like it, it will go from a shot of a real lion to what is clearly a stuffed lion. And they are not hiding the fact that this is a bad <laughs> effect of a stuffed lion, but that's what makes it so funny. <laughs> yep. uh, he ends up uh, beating up the lion. George hits one of many trees. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> he punches the, the best word is he punches literally punches the lion in its face and you see the indent of like plush lion <laughs> uh, and he hits another tree and um, uh, I don't even know what half my notes mean here you're going to fill in all the gaps <laughs> oh Thomas Hayden Church uh, comes to here this is what it is so Thomas Hayden Church comes to and he realizes that his fiance is gone and what is everybody going to say so he starts running through the script. It's like, where's your fiance? And he, he says, the giant white ape came together. I fought him off as long as I could. Look, blood everywhere as he's squirting berries. <laughs> His fiance is dead and he's worried about, I better make myself look tough in the story about how I lost her. <laughs> I don't know how these two are a couple. I really don't know. Like this is, this is almost like Titanic levels of how on earth did these two end <laughs> yeah. up as a couple? The difference is, the difference is, and let, let's say this, like, whereas we can defend Billy Zane, Right, a little bit, you know, in, in Titanic. Mm -hmm. Don't know how much you can defend Thomas Hayden Church in this movie. Like, no, you know, I and mean, that's, on that's some levels, the, but on the rest, he's a bit, a bit more of a douche than Billy Zane in Titanic. And you know what? James Cameron could have actually taken some screenwriting lessons from Dana, whatever, and uh, Audrey, whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> from the this two movie. females. 
Yeah, if he had gotten the, the feminine writing duo of Dana Olson and Audrey Wells to write Titanic, maybe it would have been a decent movie. <laughs> Still is a decent movie, A little bit James. of subtlety. Don't listen to Colin. <laughs> so, Leslie oh, Mann choking. is back at... I am. <laughs> when I say Titanic's a decent movie, he starts choking. <laughs> <me>. <laughs> but... Um, so Thomas Aiden Church thinks that she's dead or kidnapped or something. Uh, but no, she's not. She's actually at the treehouse, uh, which here's one of the many Tarzan references they throw in here. Aside from the fact that it literally is the exact same story as Tarzan. Little boy separated from the parents, stranded, grows up in the jungle, friends with an ape. Uh, girl comes in who's engaged to another guy. Uh, the exact Tarzan plot. But even the fact that he, you see there's a lot of the remains of, I guess, what he was abandoned with here, which is why he has some human traits still. Uh, and then we get an ape named Ape, John Cleese <laughs> oh. in George of the Jungle. Wow. And he came back with a sequel too, John. What's wrong with you? Yeah, I mean, that was pre-Die Another Day, so. Yeah. Which I'd actually like, 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 if you watch, I watched the one of the trailers before this, and I don't know if it was a case of John Cleese was a last minute addition or something, because in the trailer, it's not John Cleese's voice. It's like an American voice for the mm. I don't even know who it is. So, And I couldn't find that information. I don't know at what point John Cleese came in and did the voice work, but clearly in one of the trailers, either they just hadn't finished it off yet or they wanted to keep it a surprise. I don't know. But yeah, he clearly wasn't the, the original choice, I feel, for this role. Well, I mean, it is tricky with animation because they're supposed to animate to the voice, but it's not like it's uh, that unusual. The Paddington movie, I'm trying to remember who the original one was. Um, uh, what's the Bridget Jones Diary guy? Not Hugh Grant, the other one. Uh, Colin Firth. Colin Firth, yeah. Colin Firth was originally the voice of Paddington. I think they even had a trailer with Colin Firth in it. And at the last minute, you know, it became Ben Wishaw, like the guy who plays Q and James Bond. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they literally replaced him after the movie was made and there were already trailers out. Wasn't uh, but yeah, the I, same I, with V for Vendetta? Because I know uh, Hugo Weaving uh, came in late. And they had, yeah, they had filmed quite a bit with uh, an actor named James Purefoy. Oh, and then Hugo James Weaving Purefoy, came yeah. in. Like, I like James yeah, Purefoy. La- literally last. He's, He's great. great uh, oh. It's funny, I was watching um, an early role that he did, uh, the TV, Sean Bean TV show Sharp that I'm a big fan. I was watching that, and Jamie's just like, ooh, who's this guy? And I'm like, uh, I don't know what you know him from. <laughs> I'm like, I, I remember I'm like, I remember that he was supposed to be in V for Dendetta, but then I literally couldn't think of any other James Pierrefoy movies. The, the, the following with Kevin Bacon. That that's what uh that I oh the TV show that. yeah he was he was the main yeah you know he wasn't villain. that yeah he was the, mm-hmm. the serial killer guy who Kevin Bacon was chasing and also in a David Guetta film clip uh which was based on Formula One he was a Formula One driver in a David Guetta film clip so. that's what I knew him from yeah, how could I forget do. yeah James Purfoy month coming soon to the Oz Network <laughs> we're getting a very big list here with the way movies are being cancelled we will use them all yeah uh, so we're so- every actor in Hollywood <laughs> and we'll get yeah. to you Ryan Felipe month don't worry. Eventually, Amanda Peet may even get a shot. Uh, uh, the way things no. are going, that's when life is canceled. When there's an asteroid coming to Earth and we're all going to die, maybe then we'll do Amanda Peet. Can we do like Amanda Peet versus Sarah Jessica Parker month to see who sucks harder? Oh, that's mean. I'm on Team Sarah. There, come on. <laughs> Might be on Team Amanda Peet. <laughs> no, feet versus horse month. <laughs> feet versus Pete. Feet versus Pete. <laughs> What's wrong with Sarah Jessica Parker? <laughs> Natalie Portman or Sarah I mean, Jessica Parker? Oh, Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh. <laughs> wrong with you. I mean, if we're, no, here, if we're talking about the movies they've made, Natalie Portman. If we're talking about their performances as actors, Sarah Jessica Parker, because Natalie Portman is awful. Oh, 
I mean, Sarah Jessica Parker was in that movie with Hugh Grant that I weirdly liked that was kind of bad, but everyone hated. What was that one where they were like you know, Amish and they had to go to um, the Amish? Yeah. Not Amish. No, no, no. That's the Tim Allen Kirsty Did you hear Alley about the one. Morgans? Yeah. Did you yeah, hear no, about no, the Morgans, yeah. right? They're, that's yeah, basically all the, the same, same movie. Tim Allen and Kirsty. Both of those are good. What was the Tim Allen one? That was a good one. For rich or poor. You don't like that one either, though, do you? No. Kirsty Alley. What's no, your thoughts on Kirsty Alley? I mean, she's good in Cheers. She's good in Look Who's Talking. <laughs> Veronica's Closet. Uh, <laughs> haven't okay. mentioned that in about three years. <laughs> Suddenly, Susan. That was Brooke Shields, Colin. <laughs> I'm just mentioning all forgotten 90s sitcoms here. Jesse with Christine Applegate. <laughs> that had, um, what's his face in it from who was in Nip Tuck? Um, they, were, they are random good sitcoms that I miss, Okay. Suddenly, Susan. Oh, Brooke Shields. What a woman. Can we do Brooke Shields, month? <laughs> I love Brooke Shields. You know, we should just start the random rewatch thing that Rossi and I do between me and you. And every week we just, you can pull out a Suddenly Susan episode. <laughs> I can pull out something decent. <laughs> oh, Caroline in the City with Leah Thompson. Caroline in the City. We, that one will be, I'm okay with. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Oh, the 90s had such good sitcoms. God. I like the, the one that uh, Thomas Hayden Church did. Yeah. Ned and Stacey. Not suddenly, Susan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> suddenly, Sam. <laughs> Not so suddenly, Susan. <laughs> Veronica's desk. Uh, <laughs> Veronica's kitchen. Um, yes, the movie. George of the Jungle. Ape. The movie. Ape. John Cleese. Segway. Do the yes. segway. How did we get from suddenly Susan to Ape? We forgot about this. Oh, well, you know, uh, suddenly Susan uh, predated Sex in the City, uh, where Sarah Jessica Parker played uh, the only animal I can think of that has a bigger mouth than an ape. Uh, <laughs> Good job. Okay. <Kate>. Well done. <laughs> Something. Yep. yep, it works. But, <laughs> but an ape named ape, uh, animatronic ape, and again, they're not trying to make this look realistic. It just looks funny. It looks like something you'd see at Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, John Cleese is a talking ape, uh, which freaks Leslie Mann out completely. Uh, she sees an ape with glasses. Uh, just just the, the sight of an ape with glasses is just great. Carrying then, a breakfast uh, tray. <laughs> a breakfast tray, yeah. Uh, and as um, uh, Brendan Fraser, George, let's call him George, him and Ape are trying to talk her down as she's freaking out. She says, uh, logic here, why wouldn't I find myself in a treehouse with an ape reading a textbook and a Tarzan wannabe and what do you call that? And what does he call it here? A buff butt lap? Butt flap. But butt flap. Okay, I'm like butt buff flap. lap. What did well, you think buff, of buff flap? Buff lap. Like it would actually make sense. Like a buff, but you wear it on your lap. I guess yeah, that's no, what I thought he flap, said. Colin. But a butt flap. flap. Yes. Butt flap. Okay. Or a dong flap. A dong flap. That makes more sense. Uh, so she faints here. As uh, she's fainted, uh, Ape is trying to talk George through reviving her. And this is almost a little, I don't even know if they were going for intentionally pervy or not. Uh, he says, take a cold compress and dab her lightly. And obviously, the revelation here is that George is dabbing her, reaches inside her shirt a little bit to dab, freaks out because she's got lumps, and <laughs> Something wrong he doesn't with know fella. what this is. <laughs> Something's wrong with this fella, yeah. <laughs> That's because that fella is a woman. But it's the way the scene plays out where she faints, and, and uh, as he's now dab her with a cold compress, and then you get a, ooh, and then you get Ape go, mmm, that's the ticket. <laughs> he says, that's the 
but I was just going to say the chemistry between, like, it's, it's weird to say chemistry between him and John Cleese because John Cleese isn't there. <laughs> but like, this maybe goes yeah, exactly. back to what you were talking about, about how Bram Fraser is good with people that aren't there because I love the way sort of, you know, he's, this is the female of your species. And they mentioned the word brothers. And then it's like, um, George and Ape, not brothers? Well, technically yeah. we are. And then he's just like, brothers! And he kind of like fist bumps <laughs> him just the way yeah. that happens. It's so good. <laughs> Uh, but even just like something funny about this fella, like it's just perfect delivery. Like it's not just Brendan Fraser being in these good movies. Like he is so good at playing roles like this. Yeah. Uh, the um, uh, lion. The lion. Does the lion come back here? Uh, well, he got rid of the lion before. This is where he stole it because when he got rid of the lion, then the lion jumped out to attack her again. So that's when he jumped on the vine and she gets knocked out. So that's a bit before him. Oh, the lion okay. comes back later with the monkey. Okay, uh, so <clears throat> I love that after this, they're like, yeah, maybe we should go easy on the whole talking ape thing. So ape just grunts like an ape for the next couple scenes. Uh, there's uh, the when she comes to, uh, George has flowers for her. Um, there's a CGI elephant. He starts calling all of his different animals over. There's a CGI elephant. What's the elephant's name? Shep. Shep, okay. Big peanut so loving poochie. What? What the did you big, call me? The big peanut loving poochie. No. Oh. Poochie. Poochie. Everyone's favorite. Where's Itchy Where's Poochie? Cartoon. <laughs> whenever, whenever Poochie's not on screen, everybody else on uh, TV should be asking, where's Poochie? <laughs> uh, so Shep, the CGI elephant here, which looks so CGI again, they're, not, they're just, they're trying to make it look ridiculous. Uh, but when you have an animatronic monkey and a CGI elephant, doesn't look great now. Um, what is the t- phrase fetchingly log mean to oh, you? Or is that a typo? Go, goes and gets the log. Like he fetch the ship fetches the log. Fetching a log. There you go. Fetch- Autocorrect is not my friend here when I don't remember half this. And again, like this movie. Lo- dong? What? Log? Oh, <laughs> contract Colin can't interrupt you. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this is um, this is this is not that I don't remember this movie because it's like wh- what did I just watch? It's literally just jokes every. I wouldn't even say five seconds. Like it's probably less than five seconds. So half of them I've forgotten already. Uh, so um, they go for an elephant ride. Uh, <laughs> this visual. <laughs> When they're off at the waterfall or whatever, and then the elephant is is eating a milk bone, a giant milk bone, <laughs> and then okay, they're in it. Uh, too much. So let's lose it. <laughs> lose the bone. That's better. <laughs> we get the monkey that's in trouble here, uh, and we find out as George translates, all the other monkeys call him a little monkey runt. <laughs> Where, where's and, Rene uh, Russo at this point? This wait, is she the, a little monkey? What? This is the outbreak monkey, right? <laughs> oh, okay. Rene Russo. I thought you said Rene Zellweger. I don't know why. Yeah, often referred to as a little runt. What? Yeah. Don't tell sure. me you don't okay. like Rene Zellweger as well. I'm going to oh, hang I've, up. I've got no problem with Rene Zellweger. Good. Correct answer. Good on you, Rene. Thank Rene you. Wills, Rene Zellweger month coming soon. Uh, she was in Jerry Maguire with Tom Cruise. Yeah, but Bridget Jones' diary. Come on. Oh, with uh, the other guy who is in with honors with Brandon Fraser. Right? Where's no, Hugh Grant who, who month? If we're doing Renee Zell, I want Hugh Grant month. Come on. What a man. There's another. There's oh. my favorite English. England's Brendan Fraser. Nine Brazer. months. I would love to do nine months. Notting one of these Hill. Days. Notting Hill. Come on now. Uh, oh, what was the one about where, a boy. where he played the. About a boy, yeah. Music and lyrics. Oh, yes. Oh, God. Hugh Grant. 
There we go. Look at there. We're getting too excited about stuff we're not covering. Yeah. Uh, Come on, we, we're literally anyways. doing a month. We basically started this podcast for, and we're talking about <laughs> other things. Okay. So Jeez. Renee Zelliger month will be here in about four years. We, we are the Toronto Maple Leafs of podcasting, right? We get we get ahead of ourselves before we've even won something, and forty years later, we're still without what we wanted in the first place. Hmm. Uh, let's, let's try I to get that a reaction to that joke. Okay. All right. Okay. That's enough that, now. That crashed right, and burned. Wow. Jeez. <laughs> this this bad joke of the week brought to you by. Noah's racism. Church, church. <laughs> oh, thank God we don't have Noah on this episode. <laughs> oh, Lord. Eight references. We would lose our one Patreon subscription. Yeah. Jeez. You don't want to get him on any episode mentioning any of these words. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's some stuff going on with the monkey here. We've got a monkey. We've got an elephant. we got an ape named Ape. Uh, we have George teaching swinging practice to Leslie Mann. Uh, where he shows her how to wrap the thing around the leg, which he doesn't do when he swings. So it's kind of weird that he teaches her that. Uh, and uh, there's, there's just a hilarious shot where he's, of course, you know, he's going to hit every single tree in this movie. Watch out for that. And then he hits the tree. Uh, but he's doing this little showboat thing as he's flying. Just that perfect Brendan Fraser, like blast from the past OG golly face. And then he hits a tree. <laughs> and is that the song, that, the one where it's like, he flies through the air with the greatest yeah, great. of yeah. on the Oh, it's so good. Like, <laughs> oh, no. like It's so funny. Oh, I also, uh, there was uh, another part here where the monkey was calling for help where Leslie Mann asks, are you okay to the monkey? And you actually hear the monkey go, no! <laughs> <laughs> My favorite bit is when you got the monkey doing that. Oh, yeah, the, the chest pound. Like, they, they, they've done There's... the whole Moonraker pigeon double take where they've just put it on repeat. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. It's perfect. <laughs> Uh, we're going to have a fun little part coming up here as we get back to the treehouse and, uh, ape is where the devil is my egg time. <laughs> Just to see an ape with an ape with John Cleese's voice doing Basil faulty. <laughs> <Manuel! laughs> oh God. Uh, also there's, uh, the, 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 what's his name? Thomas Hayden church. What's his character's name? He's got like Lyle a, a really Vandegroot. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he has a super douche name. So he has his Swahili for Dummies book or whatever. <laughs> As he's trying to communicate with his guides here, the, my favorite characters of the movie. Uh, and whatever he's saying, translates as, pardon me, girls. I know you're feeling pretty, hey, sailor, up here and now. <laughs> but if you would just <laughs> let me order a bowl of fried clams, we can call have smallpox tomorrow morning. <laughs> And is that with the, the, the henchmen are basically like, we'll give you a 50 zar. It's like, make it 100 and you've got a deal. They only speak Swahili. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but they're basically saying they want to bring this white bake ape back alive. Uh, and, and this is one of the uh, setups here where um, he, he he's, <laughs> what does he say? Uh, you mean after he... And then he he pulls out the scrunchie that they lost. Like yeah. after he, well, he he at least pulled the scrunchie off of her head because he's trying to imply that she's dead or kidnapped. But then they realize, well, at least he pulled the scrunchie off. Um, and uh, George and Leslie, man, what's her character's name? Ursula, right? Ursula, yeah. Okay, Ursula, of course. Ursula, Ursula when they call him <laughs> Ursula, Ursula. <laughs> Uh, we have Shaggy's Mr. Boombastic playing in the background. Um, 
ape is trying to teach George how to mate with a woman. Now, of course, he only knows how monkeys mate, so he's giving him all these all these instructions, which are not going to work for him. Uh, and the very best part is after this whole George tries the mating ritual by going, ooh, 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 and doing all these monkey things, and she's just sort of looking at him and still get like, hey, he is still totally getting laid after this. It doesn't oh, yeah. matter what he does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's into him regardless. Uh, but when George is going over with Ape that this didn't necessarily work, and he's, what? And it's like, are you sure you threw the leaves? <laughs> I threw the leaves, okay? <laughs> you really have to wonder, like, does it matter when you look like Brendan Fraser? Oh, I mean, let's be honest. If, if that was Jamie in that situation, when he's going like, ooh, 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 Jamie's like, oh, I love him. He's so dirty. You know, he's going to be yeah. filthy. <laughs> Jamie's like, I'm going to make those exact same noises in 10 minutes if you get over here. <laughs> that's what Jamie does when she wants to have sex with you. Like, that's how your yeah. children were born. She... <laughs> Jamie, get the leaves out of here. We're indoors. <laughs> Colin knows he's going to get laid when the leaves are in the house. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I actually think we, yeah, we had the the song mix up here. This is the uh, other part when um, they're going over their collectibles. He's got his crocodile tooth, which he says is called good juju. Uh, she's got a, a ring from a cereal box. I thought this was going to be her engagement ring, or is this implying that Thomas Hayden Church gave a cereal box ring to her. You see, if you look at her other hand, you see a, a bigger ring. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, th- I thought she was going to go, oh, this, but she's showing her more important ring here. Uh, he <laughs> sniffs her hair, which is, you know, good for you. That's better than throwing leaves. Uh, he tries to get her to dance, and uh, this is kind of the last scene we'll cover here. Trying to get her to dance, and she's, no, no, no. I'd be embarrassed. And it's like, well, what's embarrassed? It's like, oh, it's where you feel stupid in front of other people. He goes, George never feels stupid. George don't have other people. <laughs> George fall down sometimes. Yeah, that's when we get the first time George is just lucky, I guess, right? That's the, that, that comes Yeah, back. exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then he, he's doing his stuff. He falls from the treehouse. They do a little dance. Such a nice setup here. This is sort of the beginning of the movie having a bit of heart. All right. Um, the animation at the beginning, I just, I just love, like, the just this straight away is just fun from the very beginning as soon as it comes in. And just even just the animation style, like, I love the, the facial expressions on these little cartoons. Like, I, I love the little baby George who's kind of got a monkey sitting on him and kisses the monkey. And then I just love how you've got this shot of like a, a snake and an elephant and a cow on vines just banging into trees. <laughs> like it's just so, if you don't understand what you're in for in this movie based on the opening of this, it's so, <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Um, some of the other little like, you know, bits that I want to ignore in terms of the plot holes that are never explained. It's like, what, why is Ursula out here in the jungle? Like, what, what is she doing? Like she's got like really rich snooty parents She's got a really rich, snooty fiancé. But, like, what has led her to this? Is this her escaping from everything? And it's not really explained. And, well, it's yeah. her own vacation because she's surprised when her fiancé shows up. And why does he show up? Like, is he, is he just <laughs> controlling and domineering and, you know... He's needy. I mean, this is where it's not like Titanic. Like, you're right. This is kind of like how What's-His-Face in Titanic should have been written because he is needy. He's literally showing yeah. up on her vacation to whisk her off to the Nairobi Hilton. And then basically <laughs> this should be one of those movies where it's like, well, hey, her, you know, his fiancé is getting stolen. So, you know, he kind of has a right to be angry. But it's not like in Titanic where it's kind of like, well, yeah, of course he's going to be shitty. He's young Leonardo DiCaprio stealing. Like, yeah, maybe mm-hmm. don't. Slapper, yeah, but like, outside you say of don't the whole, slobber? What slapper, Billy Zane? Don't slapper. Oh, I thought you said slobber. 
Well, he's a really sloppy kisser. He is Billy Zane. He's renowned for his sloppy kiss. Billy Zane. Now, you know what? Where's if that? Titanic had had a scene, like he does all this other stuff, which really, for the majority of the movie, he does nothing wrong at all. She kind of does. Uh, if he, they just had one scene where he's like, let me give you a kiss. And he's like. <laughs> <laughs> then I would understand. Uh, if he was a snot rocket, Colin would be grossed out. Um, <laughs> but like literally Thomas Hayden Church just comes in. There's no real redeeming qualities about him. But I mean. Again, you can have a, a slimy, grossy villain like this and still love them. Like he's just he's Thomas Aiden Church plays this so well, and just some of the lines he has, like when he's walking through the jungle, white ape sounds like a drink. I'll have a, a vodka yeah. martini and <laughs> two, a white two black ape. Russians and a white ape. <laughs> <laughs> And like even when like he he's you know listening to this story by Kwame and it's like he's yawning before he does a whole Cineplex joke when he walks past like the tour guides and he's like shake a leg and they all sort of look and they just literally shake their legs. Yeah. Um. And like I like it when he's like on the phone and he's trying to get it airlifted out and it's like I can get us in the Nairobi Hilton in two hours. Pillows. Hello. <laughs> um, <laughs> When he's walking through the jungle, it's like, you want a mocha decaf latte with sprinkles? I'll get you a double decaf mocha with a lot of sprinkles. Just he's got that tone in his voice where he's a bit like campy. And it's just, oh, he's so good. And the expression. Yeah. But like, this is the thing with this movie, going back to your point about everything works. No one is bad in this movie. Like there is literally like everyone. Background extras are great. They are. Like um, Ursula's friend is one of my random little uh, favorites when Mm. we meet her. I see why they call him the king of the jungle. Like that's Jamie. (laughs) Like that is, (laughs) I'm calling that character Jamie later on. But even like Leslie Mann, just like she's got this real like, cutesy almost like innocence to it that you just can't help but like her and like again i'm I'm sorry to keep bringing out dudley dura but i need you to like bookmark this moment like sarah jessica parker's character is basically ursula in dudley dura but i would say dudley dura goes way more for the -the over-the-top campy silliness more so than george of the jungle and i Mm. kind of feel that if you don't like sarah jessica parker it's going to annoy you more in that movie but sarah jessica parker in dudley dura is more useless than ursula is leslie mann is in this movie but still works it's it's a weird comparison kind of thing literally you have a character in this called ape called ape you have a horse called horse in dudley dura and it's an actual horse that's not sarah jessica parker's character um (laughs) But, like, just the way Leslie Mann kind of has his innocence in this camp and, like, oh, tell me the story. And then, you know, she's just the way she goes from being controlled by Thomas Hayden Church to then all of a sudden falling for Brendan Fraser. It just works. Like, just everything in this movie works for these characters. Um, yeah, the Orbit is one of my favorite bits. They reacted with, oh, oh, I said, oh, <laughs> A W E. Ooh, that's better. <laughs> <laughs> but like for some reason I got this confused I think it's Inspector Gadget Where they play up a little bit Is it the talking car And I, I always thought <laughs> in this bit When he says like Don't worry no one dies in this movie They get really big boo-boos I always think there's a line here Where it's like Don't worry kids This is a Disney movie um, And I think that's Inspector Gadget I think the car at one point goes Don't worry kids This is a Disney movie Or something like that Yeah Um, Which is funny I like it when they kind of play up to that um, like I was mentioning before about how I like the scene after he falls off the bridge and he's like, you know, oh, let's think of something evil to do with him. I like it when the guy who fell off the bridge is like, I was in a bridge in Maui, just like this. And he kind of has that look on his face where he's like, hmm, like he gives him a look. Oh, it's so funny. Um, the lion fight, like just 
Brendan Fraser, just what an introduction. And just even his everything from his facial expressions to the way he plays up to it like he just is perfect for this role like when he's fighting this lion and he literally bounces off a rubber tree because like you talk about the effects and how they kind of are like bad but to me at no point in this movie did i go oh those special effects are terrible like you talk about this movie holding up because it's it's comical. It's comically bad. Like the bit when he falls off the bridge, like it's so mm-hmm. bad, but it's brilliant. And like the bit when, cause like when he literally bumps off a tree and even before the line is said of rubber tree, great for clothesline. Like at the <laughs> point you're kind of like, wow, that's bad. But then they just play up to the fact. And like, as you were saying, they do not hide that for the most part, this is a stuffed lion. my favorite part i think of this whole bit is when he comes in swinging and you see him the first time you kind of see the front of him and it's like oh he bumps into the tree you cut to the lion grimacing (laughs) this lion (laughs) and then this random chimp it's literally like and then he falls down and does a nut shot and straight away you get the (laughs) (laughs) I mean people criticise like dumb form of comedy like nut shots fart jokes I mean this movie's full of them but every single one is hilarious like it's not Mm -hmm. even not even not funny um when he he literally knocks Ursula out on the tree when he like bumps into it uh, you mentioned it ages ago, I think, Thomas Hayden Church, like, big white ape man stole my fiance. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about the scrunchie. My favorite scrunchie line is like when he's like waking up and he's like, Ursula, I found your scrunchie. <laughs> That's the only thing he has to, to tie himself to. It's just the scrunchie. <laughs> I want that on a t shirt. I want it. Ursula, I found your scrunchie t shirt. Um, yeah, I love her reactions when she's waking up. Like, you know, of course I'm in a, a thing with a talking <laughs> ape. Why? The one bit I do not get is why does ape go to grab her middle at that point when he like... Because he's he, a perv. He apparently is. Like he's a perv. When, when he... Now dab her lightly. Mmm, that's the <laughs> ticket. Like, okay, he is totally a perv. No matter what you say about John Cleese, like, uh, like everyone loves John Cleese. He's Britain's... Yeah. Brendan Fraser, whatever. No, I said that about Hugh Grant before. Anyway, <laughs> like sometimes he has some questionable roles that he takes, John Cleese, a.k.a. George of the Jungle 2. But like, <laughs> he does put his all into this role, John Cleese. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's like he just he's so good. And how he can have chemistry with Brendan Fraser when I'm sure they probably never even met at one point filming this movie. Uh, it is crazy, but just even when George walks in here, trips over the the rug, catches the bananas, just he's he's like a big kid, Brendan Fraser, that just puts yeah. everything into the role. Like he just he loves every single moment of it. As does Leslie Mann. She doesn't phone in any part of this performance. So good. Um, but yeah, I like it when Ape is like, maybe I shouldn't talk around her, and then she comes down in the elevator, and he's just like, oh, 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 oh. like he's literally painting. <laughs> And he's going, oh, 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 oh. with the brush in his hand. Well, I, I don't know what. There's one part when I think Ape is like watching. I think this is maybe when Shep comes in, and you just have that bit where you, like Ape's rolling his eyes, and he does that one point where he's like, ha, ha, ha. like he's just got this line. Um, the elephant looks terrible but brilliant at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't know how to describe it. It's so funny. And when he brings back the log and he's like, no, not on the roses, no. (laughs) Destroys eight roses. This is where kind of like Ursa's like, oh, we've got to go find 
Lyle, they're, you know, they're hunting for me. And then he, she kind of, within the space of like one minute, falls in love with Brendan Fraser riding on this elephant. This is Jamie. Like, this is back to yeah. when we talked about swept away. That if, you know, she ended up on an island with uh, anyone, that's <laughs> not Colin. <laughs> what? She's just a man. Just, just <laughs> man with a heart rate. <laughs> Um, you know, that that's kind of what's going to happen within five minutes. But it, the the monkey sequence here when you've got... And I thought this was the same monkey from Outbreak and Friends, but it's apparently not. This is, a, mon- this, this is a, a monkey that what? I was saying I was wondering that. Oh, no, it's not. It's a different monkey. So apparently this is a, a famous monkey. Uh, not that famous monkey. This is Crystal the Monkey. Making its debut, it would go on to star in films such as Night at the Museum and The Hangover Part 2. So, uh, <laughs> but, The Night at the Museum Monkey. Yes, The Night at the Museum Monkey. Well, apparently we're just racist against monkeys because we just assume this is the same monkey that was in uh, <laughs> Outbreak and Friends. Well, I expect that kind of treatment from Noah, but not you, Ben. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm racially profiling monkeys. But... So I, I mentioned to Colin off air, I'd watched a Brennan Fraser interview when he was on Graham Norton a while back and they brought up this monkey. So, and Brennan Fraser told the story that the, like he swore to never work with monkeys ever again after this movie because this monkey apparently was absolutely terrible. It would climb, like it wouldn't do its scenes. It would climb up into the rafters of the set and essentially start masturbating. Uh, they could not stop this monkey from masturbating, apparently. So there's a Funny scene- enough, that's also what Ben does in our yeah. offices here for the yeah, Oz Network. I do. I just, I, <laughs> the amount of editing we have to do on the Oz. Cut. Ben, to- Ben, put it down. No, don't touch my microphone. No. There's a, so there's a, a still shot that they showed on the Graham Norton show where you can, they, act, they had to put a fur nappy on this monkey because it would not stop masturbating. Funnily enough, I'm wearing the same <laughs> nappy right now. Um, and Brent, I can't remember the line Brendan Fraser said in this interview, but at one point he says, like, yeah, we always had to yell cut because little shit wanted to go have a wank or something like that. <laughs> Imagine Brendan Fraser saying the line. I'm literally looking at a scene here right now. It's one of these scenes when, again, Brendan Fraser great at getting, like, facial acting and pretending he's literally talking to a monkey. You believe he is hearing stuff from this monkey. You can see the monkey's penis clear as day (laughs) like i am looking at it right now this penis is clear as day but now that i know this knowledge that this monkey just wants to masturbate with brendan fraser (laughs) i mean let's be honest like if we were in with a movie in brendan fraser we'd always want to do that too so yeah yeah. it's it's kind of there but yeah this monkey even just watching a man move even watching a movie with brendan fraser yeah i mean colin's seeing me on camera right now but he can't see my hands so that's uh, (laughs) that's why i don't have my camera on exactly True story. Um, yeah, the bit when he's fly through the air with the greatest of ease. <laughs> so good. So funny. But the the bit, this is like where you talk about this movie kind of having some heart. Like, again, with the way kind of Leslie Mann falls for Brendan Fraser. And can I just point out once again, the Oz Network, no one listens to us because we never refer to anyone by their characters' names. It's just literally Brendan Fraser, yeah. Leslie Mann, Thomas Hayden Church. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it takes so much longer to say that than would just say Ursula, George. This movie is called George of the Jungle. We know Brendan Fraser's character's name in this movie, but we still call him Brendan Fraser. It works yeah, out Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, like, this is the heart of when these two kind of, like, start connecting and falling for each other. 
uh, it just works. Like even from the the bit of like the swinging on the vines, and then yeah, the the monkey bit, the the chest bit, the uh, Shaggy. Bring back Shaggy, by the way. What you know? Whatever happened to Shaggy? Music, Brendan Fraser. Uh, <laughs> I I think I've told this story before, but I saw him live. He came to Hobart a few years ago. And, Did he uh, open for the president of the United States of America? No, they opened for him. Uh, <laughs> oh, nice! But uh, basically, he kind of he he made a joke on stage where he's like, "People keep asking me like, where did I go for the last ten years?" He's like, "I'll be honest, I made a shit ton of money off um, off Angel and uh, what was the other one? It wasn't me." It's like, so I, I took all that money, lived on a beach for 10 years, smoked a lot of weed, got high, had sex a lot of the times, ran out of that money, so now I'm back. I need to make some more money, so that's why I'm touring. <laughs> so, I appreciate your honesty, Mr. Shaggy. So thanks for that. I'm sure that's what he goes By the way, way, Mr. It's, Shaggy. It's not Shaggy. You have to... Shaggy! Oh, sorry. Sugar! <laughs> Sugar! Which, let's be honest, did you not used to think that he was like this Rastafarian Jamaican dude? And then when you yeah. see him in an interview, he's not, he looks nothing like that. <laughs> like, and talks nothing like it. He does, yeah. Like, he he, he has an voice. accent, Mr. Boombuster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which I remember that in the 90s. And then uh, what do you also do? In the summertime when the weather is Um and also, I'm looking at the soundtrack for George of the Jungle. Weird Al Yankovic apparently did a version of the George of the Jungle theme. So we're connecting oh. everything. The reason why we go on tangents, people, is we secretly plan this because it all connects back. All right? This That's isn't actually uh, – it isn't Brendan Fraser month, and we didn't cancel James Bond month. We canceled Weird Al month, and we just found a new Weird Al movie to fit in here. We did. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but you talk about, I, I, I talk about the soundtrack. I love this moment when kind of they're bonding over the, and they're doing the dancing and everything along those lines. This song, uh, Della, uh, Della, <laughs> Della, <laughs> Timothy Dalton, again, Della. <laughs> um, I love this song. Like this song gives me goosebumps and it just like this works so well, kind of when they're bonding over the fire and you go like, I've been waiting for you all my life, waiting for a miracle. I've been waiting day and night. Uh, the song is called Dinner! I Know Why the Dog Howls at the Moon by Johnny Clegg and Suvu Savaka. Uh, my favourite uh, South African band. I'm looking here. They are from South Africa. Uh, <laughs> uh, up there with Charlie Theron and Nelson Mandela as my favourite <laughs> South African bands. Uh, name me another South African band. Uh, the South African National Marching Band. <laughs> Touche. All right. I'm sure that's the thing. <laughs> Matt Damon. I'm Googling it right now. Matt <laughs> the, Damon the, and the uh, the Vuvuzelas, apparently. Um, so there are the 30 South African bands you need to hear. Oh, okay. Uh, yep. This is an entire list here. Um, Oscar Batorius and Why I Shot My Wife. <laughs> I shot my wife. <laughs> but I didn't take my leg off. <laughs> so the number one on here is a band called Big Idea. Ah, oh, uh, listening to it before this episode. Funnily enough, I, I, I don't see any specific songs on here. Guy Buttery, yep, uh, has a famous acoustic song, December Poems. Wonder Boom, oh, um, kind of looks course. like middle-aged emo. <laughs> Often renowned as South Africa's Panic at the Disco. How can we forget as them? Nibs van der Spew, uh, <laughs> Dave McMillan, Fleshly Ground, Sinosure, Feral Pure Kiss. This is the one I want to hear, Feral Pure Kiss. 
I just I just want to hear like a South African accent singing like a song where it's kind of like <laughs> Dela, Dela. Yeah, South African accent. Are we gonna get sued accents. if we play a feral Pyrrhus song? Probably. Yes, I will sing it in a South African accent, Colin. I'm Gillian Larson. <laughs> I was on Survivor Gabon. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, I love this scene. Like, it's just, it's a great, nice little sort of scene that really connects them. I think we have missed the best scene in this movie, Colin Hilding, though. When we're, when we're skipping between the, uh, you know, George and Lyle and everyone. When, when Lyle falls in the poo and. Oh, yeah! <laughs> well, is that not guy falls in poop. Classic element of physical comedy. Now is the part where we all throw our heads back and laugh. Ready? Ready! Ah! No. <laughs> Didn't miss it. We're not there yet. But, but oh, we're not? Go okay. for it. Go for it. We, oh, that is amazing. That is the best scene. Like, this goes back to that point of, like, breaking the fourth wall. It's just, it's so, like, silly that it's just brilliant. Uh, but it's just, I just love the way you literally see him falling poo and it just automatically cuts to the to the <laughs> tour guys. Classical element of physical comedy. Bad guy falling poo. I don't know why it's so funny. Oh, so good. I love this movie, Colin. Why haven't we done this before? Well, we're doing it now. Um, it, it took a pandemic and every movie under the sun getting cancelled for us to do it, but we're here and we're happy about it. Now, moving on, here's something that uh, I can't believe we haven't talked about yet. Thomas Hayden Church face plants into elephant poo. Oh. Why have we not brought this up yet? I know. Gosh, why haven't we talked about it at all? It's a classical <laughs> moment of physical comedy. Now is the part where we throw our heads back and laugh. <laughs> wait, wait, sorry. Ready? Ready. <laughs> that that may be the best part of the entire movie like no joke it's my profile pick right now it is so good and this is what i was talking about earlier it's it's there is comedy in this movie that would be very smart in like the smartest comedies out there and this is a perfect example it's in a kid's movie it's great for the adults who are going to get that this is, you know, a, a bit of a parody, a bit of a satire. It's 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 hilarious. But you don't expect it in a Georgia the Jungle movie. And it's so funny. And this is the thing. Like, this whole movie plays up to it with the breaking the fourth wall. Like, later on, uh, one of my other favorite bits is when we get to the narrator fight. Um, yeah. And even, <laughs> and even later on when, like, Thomas Hayden Church comes back from jail, the way he kind of struts on, it's like he's literally listening to the narrator go like, yep, this mm-hmm. is me, this is me. There is a bit of this in Dudley Do Right. Like, this is, I, I sorry I keep bringing it up. I'm excited for Dudley Do Right. But, like, we are going to be talking about it. No need to apologize. <laughs> it's a Canadian movie. I have to apologize. But <laughs> it's just the thing that I, I would say, like, it baffles me that George of the Jungle kind of made a lot of money, whereas Dudley Do Right didn't. And I don't know if maybe it's just a source material. Maybe people looked at it like, oh, a Canadian movie. This looks weird. Like, I, d- I don't know why. Like, Dudley Do Right is so similar on so many levels. I think George of the Jungle pulls it off a lot better and Maybe the comedy is a little bit better, but there are moments with the narrator in Dudley Do Right where kind of it's played up. And, you know, Brendan Fraser is just as campy and fun. Alfred Molina is just as campy and fun in that movie. Eric Idle, you know, more Monty Python people. So, yeah, I, I hope that in a couple of weeks when we do it, you see the similarities and it's kind of a bit of an oddity that it didn't do as well. But, yeah, this comedy, just the, the satire and just everything about it just works. And, oh, like... the. <laughs> Bad guy falls in poop. Classical moment of physical comedy. It it shouldn't be funny. It should be stupid. We should be rolling our eyes going, oh, okay, get it. But it's just so funny. (laughs) Uh, Now, after this, uh, we get Ursula. I guess they they found Ursula uh, and... Thomas Hayden Church 
again, takes so much longer to say than Lyle, but let's call him Thomas Hayden Church. THC. <laughs> he's, uh, he's like THC. He's, he's addictive. T- <laughs> That's only side Tinder effect. profile. <laughs> side effects of THC may be classic elements of physical comedy. <laughs> Spontaneously throwing your head back to laugh. <laughs> and turning into sand. It's, it's coarse, coarse and rough, and it's rough. <laughs> it Oh, it's been a while. Uh, <laughs> we have to come up. You know, we're gonna have to come up with a shirt for Brendan Fraser, or some type of campaign, the way we did for Renee Russo. Uh, I mean, what do we do? Do we just have shirtless Brendan Fraser and just the subtitle underneath "What a man"? Yeah, I just think we just have shit. We don't even know right. What a man. We just have shirtless. Yeah. Bre- make Brendan Fraser great again. There you go. Yes. yes. Make Brendan Fraser great again. Like, come on. Like, bring back Brendan Fraser. I don't know. Hashtag bring back Brendan. And I, I, I say yeah. that for Toby. I feel we had more of that on Toby Maguire. But no, I like make yeah. Brendan Fraser great again. You know. We're gonna do make Brendan Fraser great again and Brendan Fraser what a man. Yeah. Both <laughs> of those coming soon by the end of this month. We. Pre- promise i don't actually when what we, like, once we watch dudley do right you'll get this reference i want a t-shirt that says this is canada now things are real up here <laughs> <laughs> i know right it's a hilarious classic canadian I, joke i'm gonna laugh it'll be my opening quote when we actually do dudley do right right now yes. it's just straight over my head <laughs> and also i want the other t-shirt that says scientists have discovered that canadian bacon is actually just ham uh, that's what i want <laughs> You'll get it. You'll get it. Which You'll is true. I get weeks. it because I get it because it is true. That's literally all Canadian bacon is. Classic elements of Canadian comedy. Now it's a part we throw our heads back and laugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I guess they're gonna go try to save Ursula here. Uh, Lyle has his his gun that's actually just a lighter. Uh, so th- this is obviously a setup for the fact there is going to be a real gun later, and. Um, uh, when he accidentally shoots George, he shoots him with a real gun. In the head. So, in the in head. The head. <laughs> now this is, again, where it's like, okay, kids aren't going to get this joke the same way. So he shoots him. The next thing you know, they cut to the narrator who's saying, it's like, okay, let's review the important information here. Lyle is a doofus, <laughs> but we know that George can't die because he's the hero. <laughs> <laughs> and then they just drop it. Like he was shot. He's alive. <laughs> it's, again, it's like so silly. I feel like of all the things that generally, uh, mainly me, you two, like we complain about on this show about things that are stupid and like make no sense. This should be one of them. It's just like yeah, our main hero great. is getting shot. And like there's no stakes in this movie. Like we, we're we not worried yeah. with that line. Oh, well, he can't die. What's the point? <laughs> He's the hero. But it's hilarious. <laughs> like, just, like and that plays into the satire element of it. It's like you just... As I said at the very beginning, the cartoon at the beginning just sells this movie straight away about what you are about to see. So you just forgive this. It is like an over-the-top silly cartoon, which just makes it so funny. And it's about to get better because they're doing a lineup to identify <laughs> Lyle as the shooter. This They, they say, I think the narrator says something about they, they lined up the usual suspects. And you see about a dozen men... All in their full African tribal getups, all black. <laughs> and then in the middle, Lyle, Thomas Hayden Church, with his head turned as if you can't see him. And then all of a sudden, the guides from earlier, they go, that's him right there. And then that alone should be funny, picking out the one white guy as if you had to wait until the camera got to him. But then they say, I never forget a face. <laughs> that, that, it's so much like rush hour when it's kind of like, what is it like? What are you talking about? I'm never going to fit in. I'm six foot taller than everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like 
and it's it's one of those things where like let's be honest if that's said by a white guy that's that's racist it doesn't hold up but like it kind of just yeah. the way it's played like it's <laughs> i never forget a face <laughs> and then I love their reaction when he's just like Thomas Hayden is like who me and they're like ah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then they just burst out laughing again <laughs> so funny now th- this is interesting because I remembered the, a few things that I remembered about this movie that I was totally wrong on I remembered Thomas Hayden Church being a much bigger part of this movie we're at the halfway point let's say here I when he reappears at the end, I started to question like, isn't he supposed to be in this movie more? I thought that he had like a big villain showdown. He disappears completely until like the last five minutes of the movie. I think Not, there was I mean, another. I was up. reading there was. Uh, I don't know if there were deleted scenes in the DVD or at least they were filmed, but there was a, apparently a whole plot involving him that when he was released from jail, he's got like a shaved head and tattoos and everything like that. <laughs> so um, there, there were a couple. Of, I know there's one scene in one of the trailers where. You see Tuki Tuki on a plane, like basically getting served an orange juice, <laughs> kind mm. of like implying that when he flies to America, <laughs> he took like first class. It so, was on an airline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, obviously there are a few bits that kind of didn't make it. But yeah, I think, I mean, I don't know how you feel about him kind of disappearing, but it kind of works. Like it kind of, when he does oh, show yeah. up at the end, it kind of, it actually, it, it works. I feel like you're not missing out on anything with him disappearing for a large portion of this movie. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and it's Tom, Thomas Hayden Church. THC. He, THC. He, a pretty, he has a big impact on your system. Uh, yeah. He, <laughs> another thing on his Tinder profile, funnily enough. <laughs> what was Academy it? Award nominee, big impact on your system. <laughs> Who? So sideways, was it um, Paul Giamatti, wasn't it? And was yeah. it Sandra Oh? Who was the other? Wasn't there another main female in that movie? Uh, yeah, Virginia Madsen. Virginia Madsen. Yeah, I've, I've never actually seen and it, the, but I've heard really good things about it. I like Paul oh, Giamatti as so well. Good. And like Alexander Payne, the director, I mean, he's one of these, every time he makes a movie, it gets nominated for best picture. Personally, I, I think he's very hit and miss. Uh, some, like he made the movie with George Clooney, the descendants that I absolutely hated. Uh, but he made the movie election with Matthew Broderick. Oh, yeah. Um, it, so yeah, very similar, but I mean, it, sideways, easily the best of the Alexander Payne movies. And I'm actually really shocked that Thomas Hayden Church's career didn't really get revived after that with like, because I mean, again, he's he's known now, but it's not like Thomas Hayden Church has been in other Oscar-worthy films. And when you see him in that movie, I mean, it's it's incredible his performance, and yet it's still funny. He's still goofy in in Sideways as well. I feel like he's kind of disappeared after Spider-Man Three. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he I'm seeing he apparently was in John Carter. Didn't know that he was in We Bought a Zoo. There's a movie we have. Yeah, done. all about you, you Steve. Wouldn't- <laughs> <laughs> he he's doing motion capture for a green alien in John Carter, so you'd never recognize him. But he was good in it. <laughs> okay, we could be. I mentioned he was in divorce. Daddy's Home. Oh well, was he really? He played Lobster Johnson in the new Hellboy. <laughs> oh, I, I remember Daddy's Home. I don't remember him in it though. Uh, must have had a very big role in that one. But uh, uh, he was he was also in the video game for Spider Man Three, playing Sandman. <laughs> so. Good for him. I think he peaked at divorce. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker ruined his career. Thanks, Sarah Jessica yeah. Parker. <laughs> yeah, well, she ruins everything that she oh, touches. Not uh, Matthew Broderick. Come on. Well, a happy where's couple. he now? <laughs> <laughs> they've stayed together for that long. All right? Name another Fine, Hollywood couple. Happy marriage and two washed up careers. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> and I love Matthew Broderick, but seriously, it's not right. <laughs> not as much as Sarah Jessica Parker, you freak. True. <laughs> True. <laughs> you Hashtag know what's defend SJP. One of my favorite movies, which when when Disney Plus came out last year, was the very first thing I watched was a uh, uh, childhood favorite of mine, Flight of the Navigator. I don't know if you ever saw that. No, I never heard of it. 
It's, it's an amazing movie. Like for a Disney live action film, uh, you would expect. <laughs> he says covering quotes. a Disney live action film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's it's actually like a really smart movie about a kid who passes out and then wakes up eight years later. He has an age, but everybody else has. And then you you like he basically goes into NASA and NASA's you know, doing experiments on him and everything. And it turns out that he was uh, taken aboard a spaceship and, you know, just traveling the speed of light. He didn't age, but it's, it's a really great movie. It sounds um, like, um, and- what's it? That stupid show that I weirdly still watch manifest. Where they will disappear for like, Four years, five yeah, years. Yeah, similar, similar in the idea. I mean, this more of a kids movie, but but it's so not it's a kids movie at the same it time. As well be. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing. You still watch that? Like I, I gave don't up know about why four. I watch Manifest. I just it's like it's like under the dome. I at least gave up. I'm like, oh, this is dumb. It's I'm going with. for some reason every week. I say, um, oh, this is the last time I'm watching it. Oh, I'll watch one more. Oh, the last time. No, one more. <laughs> Why? It's manifest. You have way too much dedication. Even shows I like, I give up on after four seasons. I just don't like giving up on things. That's why I still do this show. (laughs) That's why this podcast exists. It is. Ben, stop it. No one's listening. It's been nearly 10 years. There's there's an upside to that. When the rest of the world gave up on Brendan Fraser, one man didn't. (laughs) There's your T-shirt. Yeah. Picture of me next to Brendan Fraser. One man <laughs> believed in this man. There he is. Even after being racist on a Worlds Apart preview episode. Actually, it was Noah. Stop reminding it Noah. people. It was, of course it was Noah. That makes so much sense. <laughs> and whatever you do, don't say Will Sims. Don't. I, I'm not saying it. I prefer Will Sims 2 busting out. So that's always what I've said. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Thomas Aiden Churchill gets locked up for a while. Uh, Back in America, in San Francisco, is it? It is. It is, yes. San Francisco. George is now in the city, so it is Georgia the city. Um, (laughs) Leslie Mann has taken him home, uh, but she doesn't want to tell anybody. So her mom, Holland Taylor here, like, how great is Holland Taylor? What a woman. What a woman. What a woman. What a woman. (laughs) Who's luckier, Sarah Paulson or Holland Taylor? I I want to know who's luckier in that relationship. (laughs) Seriously, they're both lucky. Equally, Equally. Uh, but uh, it's funny. I actually, uh, I'm not going to say discovered her. (laughs) Whoa, I had a great discovery here. Wow. But she was on um, uh, the TV show, The Practice, uh, which I've talked about a lot. Uh, The Boston Legal was the spinoff of that with James Spader. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the original show, The Practice, made my top 50 TV shows of all time. She was one of the rotating judges on that show. It was just awesome on it. Uh, But then, of course, she did... uh, uh, two and a half men and um, uh, she's in the Truman this, show. I always loved her like, Truman show kind of back to back of this. She, yeah, she was Truman's mother. Well, fake mother, I guess. Oh, yeah, you're right about that. Yeah. yeah. And the Spy Kids films as well. Oh, and well. <laughs> Bill and Ted face the music. She was. Yes, indeed. She's one of the, she's kind of like Leslie Mann. I kind of feel like she she just I mean, she's been around a lot longer than Leslie Mann, of course. <laughs> But it was sort of in, in that sort of mid to late 90s. She always seemed to pop up in things that I, I watched for, for a while and then kind of disappeared and now she's kind of back. Just looking at her filmography here, she didn't really do any acting between, well, at least movies between 2010, 2017. She um, did a, a few TV shows, but she's, yeah, had a bit of time off for, for Holland Taylor. Mm-hmm. Ho- Holland time. There you go. <laughs> She, she took some Holland time. She took some Holland time. She met Sarah Paulson. I mean, if I was with Sarah Paulson, I'd be taking some time off too. <laughs> or Brendan Fraser. Either or Brendan or. Fraser. Yeah, equal opportunity perv. Yes, exactly. 
So she's playing Leslie Mann's mom and Leslie Mann does not want her mom to know that she has ditched her fiance and is now with a shirtless jungle boy. Uh, but when she's on the phone with her, he's hanging out of the limo, uh, doing his cries. His, oh! uh, mom's asking, how is Lyle doing? And uh, <laughs> he's doing good. Okay. Uh, and of course we get the running gag on this. It's not just to watch out for the tree. You just hear George, watch out for that. And then he hits something else. In this case is watch out for that van door. That's open. As <laughs> he face plants right into He's a van door. These guys should be dead. Come on. Yeah. But <laughs> George, very lucky, right? George, just lucky, I guess. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at the same time, we have the henchmen who now have replaced Lyle as the villain. Uh, these are the, the duh boss henchmen, like you said. And the other and, guy, we mentioned Abraham Ben Ruby. The other guy apparently is a soccer player who acted in a few things and then has retired from acting since. So this guy, a blink and you miss it, Hollywood career. Did did he retire from soccer as well? Uh, I, I I don't know. Greg Greg Crutwell, Crutwell. is his name. Um, he you, he is a former principal of Royal Academy of Dramatic Art as well. Um, <laughs> he who did he play for? Uh, he played for Ballum FC, the esteemed uh, team. Oh, and he's he's even acted in uh, Murder She Wrote oh. and French French and Saunders. Oh, French and Saunders, good show. Yeah. Um, wow. Okay. Oh, and he was also in Mike Lee's Naked. Uh, Ooh. <laughs> good. Oh, and the, the poster looks very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> wow. There's, uh, yep, okay, we might be covering that at some point. Uh, <laughs> Colin might finally learn what sex is, so. <laughs> anyway, Wait, that's know. what Jamie was doing to me, okay. Um, Greg, Greg Crutwell. Uh, Greg yeah. Crutwell, what a man. Make Greg, make Greg Crutwell great again. <laughs> uh, they, they hatched this plan that they want to go back and get them. Now, they're in America here, right? I don't think so. Like, I think, like, they. You they're see, in a city. Is, uh, is this what are you talking about the the henchmen here or when they're walking yeah, the through henchmen. like an African village? No, they're still in Africa here. Oh, mate, I thought it was a city. <laughs> I mean, what do you think I, American cities look like? You've got literally people carrying things like water jugs on their head, and you've got like chickens <laughs> hanging. From, like, what do you think this is, San Diego or something like that? Like, Again, this movie goes by so quickly. <laughs> like, like so I'm looking quickly. at this right now. This is clearly Africa. <laughs> <laughs> And like, well, we're a lot more we're a lot more multicultural here in Winnipeg than they are in Victoria, Ben. Well, that is true. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but the thing I don't actually understand with this is that, like, you you literally got the the guys in jail because you got like the prison guard is like comes up to them and the guys are like acquitted and this guy's like deported and then like if you get deported are you allowed to just roam the streets freely? I thought and you just put on a plane straight away by like the US yeah, I government. Think so. Which is a bit odd, but no, no, they are in Africa. They are definitely okay, well. in Africa. <laughs> so they fly Meanwhile, back to America. They had to plan to fly back to Africa. That's to get why the I was wondering about it. I'm like, does it really make sense? But yeah, again, uh, well. not all of us live in these whitewashed cities, Ben. <laughs> I'm from Hobart. I lived in Invercargill. Now I live in Brisbane. There's a. Uh, well, I lived in Brisbane. Brisbane was a bit more multicultural. Now I live in Victoria. There's a bit of a pattern there, Colin. <laughs> Think about where I've lived. Okay. <laughs> Will Sims would not be welcoming your neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, so about uh, Tita Weston fans becoming a Patreon. <laughs> Just lost him. Thanks for that. 
<laughs> Good job. Come on. We'll- Anybody having flashbacks right now to the end of Survivor Ross? Noah is the racist. That's the joke. Not Ben. (laughs) Noah. Noah is the racist. This has become our thing because there are people who still believe that Ben said something racist once upon a time when he didn't. (laughs) I'm sure I have. Like, I'm not, you know. Just to put it out there. Inadvertently, but, you know? But like, seriously, any time, like, there are Reddit threads of what happened to Survivor Oz. And basically, <laughs> you have people going, Ben Waterworth said something racist. And then as soon as we get brought up in some Survivor group, oh, whatever happened to that show? Ben Waterworth said something racist. Or if my name gets brought up, oh, that racist. Like, come on. See, but you know what? You it, it gets you fame. It gets you notoriety. Jamie just told me the other day that apparently she found me on a Reddit thread talking about Survivor Africa. Now, it wasn't me, but somebody else commented about loving Survivor Africa. And somebody replied and said, are you Colin Hilding? <laughs> like, who's Colin Hilding? It's like, oh, somebody from Survivor Oz. What's Survivor Oz? <laughs> well, I, I found so I found the thread on Reddit, right? Hey everyone, I hope everything is okay. My question is this. There was an Australian website who recapped Survivor episodes and doing weekly, spelt W-E-E-K-L-E-Y, power <laughs> rankings. It, it called Survivor Oz. In this website, they would ranked winners and seasons. They also interviewed Was this players. written by Georgia the Jungle? Because this does not read very well educated. This is written by the esteemed Reddit user Sosi Reddit. Uh, yep, there you go. They also interviewed past players. You used the E in weekly that you should have been using interviews, <laughs> I think, there. Um, among them, winners. I think Ben ran those interviews and the website itself. But the website isn't active since, like, Survivor Koe wrong. And then they stopped. Do anyone know what happened to the website? <laughs> I remember they told something about money issues. But I don't want to just say it because I'm not sure. Thanks for the help, smiley face. Um, responses include it died, dude. Uh, I wonder if Ben even follows Survivor anymore. Checked his Twitter recently, and nothing about Survivor. All sports. Uh, thanks for uh, Rene Russo. <laughs> I hope you followed me. Kick the troll. Uh, <laughs> uh, Marilyn Hershey Squirt. That's their name. <laughs> Wow. Uh, Such a shame that Ben doesn't cover Survivor anymore. I love their podcast. And as a minority, I never found it offensive. Yes. By the way, are you wearing a Winnipeg Blue Bomber shirt? I am. I am wearing that shirt. See, you can fit in multicultural cities. (laughs) Having said that now, I think I'm an adopted BC Lions fan, but we won't tell that out loud right now. Uh, I also thought Ben was a fantastic interviewer. Very underrated. Oh, that's my one Asian friend said that. I know who that is. Uh, (laughs) You know, this is crazy. Hold on. I just found this. The user who wrote that name was Wen Botterworth. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Shit. There it is. Um... Uh, I believe Will and his wife themselves found it offensive, which is most likely why Mike said something. Followed by Corinne says a lot of offensive things on her podcast and always gets away with it. It's a shame. The whole podcast had to go down. Where are the really bad comments on here? I feel like this is uh, (laughs) going a little bit. um, Oh, here we go. Somebody knows we exist. I haven't really checked it out. Ben did launch the Oz Network, and I know he still covers Survivor on there. Not as extensive. I did enjoy the fact they had interviews with some of the more obscure contestants. I think Purple Kelly even stayed at Ben's house in Australia, and they did (laughs) it. Didn't quite go that far. But, um, oh, here we go. All right. Here's a user, a user from Deleted. Uh, that's their username. 
The website started going under Circle Worlds Apart, where they mocked Will's wife's name and assigned her ghetto stereotypes for it, and Ben himself giggled that black people had the funniest names they change a letter to normal names. Manifa is your urban for I am lucky. After Mike himself called him out, their PR was basically abysmal, and eventually the site was abandoned and petered into nothing. It also came around the time that their business policies were embarrassing. I know two former Ozlets that said a lot of shit about working at Oz, and there was a lot of badgering people into accepting interviews with them and shit-talking them behind their backs when they denied. Eventually, Ben folded on himself and closed it down, to which somebody replied, <laughs> Oh, yikes. Thanks for the info. Uh, <laughs> I'm so glad that people know the truth about our show on Reddit. <laughs> Isn't it great when people can can just just reply and clearly it's the truth? Absolutely By the way, I, I just want to say for anybody out there, and we already know who they're referencing, anybody out there who is curious who the two former Auslets who have bad things to say are, I would love for you to find any work they contributed as Auslets. <laughs> Let's just say that. I also love the fact that Marilyn Hershey squirt. Like, is this you, Colin, or is it Noah? Because, like, defending a lot of, of us here, I, I like this person. Chris says a lot of offensive things, said that one, followed by what made the Survivor Oz podcast unique is that it was a unique bunch of fans having fun expressing their opinions and recapping the show. It was never meant to be family. Rob has a podcast-type podcast. Is Rob has a podcast family? Uh, which is exactly why I liked which is exactly why people love Corinne. Right, but there's a difference between expressing opinions about what's on error, making a racially offensive statement regarding a castaway's family. <laughs> uh, I'm not laughing at that last <sighs> bit. It's just, it's just, it's just funny reading people's. And you know what's crazy what is that in all this, Noah Grove's name is not dropped once. <laughs> and look, look, uh, we don't drag this up, but you know, it's, it's okay. We can laugh at it now. At the time, it wasn't a fun opportunity, and I have openly admitted that I mishandled kind of the reaction to it, and I, I will own that. But yeah, it, it was a, it was fun. It's really fun to read yeah. people's reactions I, and interpretations. I just want to say. I was not on that episode. <laughs> just want to throw that Aren't out you? there. No, no. In fact, I, I I heard about this all afterwards, and I didn't even think I ever listened to the episode. Nah, because I was just so offended at like <laughs> disgusting things that Noah was saying uh, behind the scenes, let alone on air. I feel that there's, there's more, like uh, we're we're going way too into a tangent here. I I have read the entire thread here before because like there's just um some of the things that are said on here. I actually, the, the, it's funny because how I generally discover these things is when on our website, that's the oznetwork.net, when you look at the referrals and generally when all of a sudden Reddit is trending a lot, you know that somebody's posted something. So I remember this one was the one that really led us there. But I think when we did our updated player rankings, when Paul and I did that a few years ago, uh, you know, we got a lot of shit and then that basically all came to, oh, you know, oh, look how crap this is. Ben's just still butthurt about this. And I think there was even somebody on Australian Survivor think basically, oh, Ben, you're still butthurt that Channel 10 didn't give you exit interviews and you chucked your toys out of the pram and left. And I'm like, yeah, that's why we ended Survivor Oz. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly it. Because, you know, Channel 10 gave us exit interviews the next season and we didn't bring it back, but that's why we quit. Um, mm -hmm. People are fun. Good on you, they people are. on Reddit for... And for all you Brendan Fraser fans who have no idea what we're talking about, um, <laughs> is this show called Survivor? Uh, <laughs> they wear uh, butt flaps as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the best one, I will say, and I'll let you segue back into Georgia Jungle. The best one. Oh, was, this is. <laughs> this what is happened not fair. there? All right, all right, okay. I'm gonna get ready for it, but you go ahead. I was just gonna say that the, the best segue one, is gonna be really hard, but okay. <laughs> 
That's what she said. Um, there, when Survivor Sucks was a thing, uh, there was the Ben Waterworth hate thread, which was yeah. uh, my favorite. Did you ever get a hate thread? Was there a Colin Hilding thread, hate thread? No, no. Well, I, I just had the, are you, <laughs> <laughs> I had the, are you Colin Hilding? Who's Colin Hilding? Uh, <laughs> Who? Who is this guy? <laughs> Which, which which I always felt bad because like you know between yourself and and Jared at the time uh, Jared Elliott that was and Jared Lubick I shouldn't discount Jared Lubick's contribution I mean you guys were doing as much work if not more work than I was towards the end mm-hmm. there and and even when I was sort of doing at peak Ben Waterworth <laughs> racist abilities apparently <laughs> um, you guys were contributing a lot and uh, yeah it was kind of always a shame that I don't think you guys got as much credit. And that I'm always been lumped in with it when you guys were doing but, equally. As much. Yeah, there's other things that you get lumped in with that we're happy we're not. You're so fine. Uh, that's the yeah. trade-off there. <laughs> and I just want to say, and again, no, like not to defend Jared Elliott's comments. If you ever want to hear racism on Survivor Oz, go back and listen to maybe the China Oz cap, um, the Nicaragua Oz cap. Like, there's a few things that are said <laughs> there that nobody's. Fit, yeah, that that have not been discovered. That will be discovered one day, and this is all going to get dragged up if, again. Mm. If you're willing to sign up for our new Patreon, where we're going to offer all old Survivor Oz content, and we will. That, that's and like without, I still get people asking what's happened to our content, and that is the plan. We're we're going to be stingy bastards and basically make you pay for our old racist content. Maybe we'll censor it. Maybe like no, those episodes are not available. It's like it's like Disney Plus. Like oh no, we can't show the Michael Jackson episode of The Simpsons. No, that's bad. Um, we'll just we'll just conveniently leave out those episodes that we feel might tarnish our already tarnished reputation. All right, <clears throat> here we go. Okay. Let's, uh, <clears throat> all right, so I've got nothing. <laughs> I'll help you, you out. Know- Do you want me to help you out? Okay, ready? Okay, okay, go for it. Podcast makes racist statement. Terrible element of making yourself fall into a hole. Now is a point where we move back into the actual episode and laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and now back into the episode. So Holland Taylor, what a woman. <laughs> Oof. But she does she does see Leslie Mann with another man. Uh <laughs> Leslie Woman. <laughs> that was that was a statement you've been waiting to say whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie Mann with uh, another man. W- this is where we get uh, and I wouldn't have recognized this at the time because I don't think the movie Elf had come out, but now this is where you realize Elf got a lot of ideas from George of the Jungle. Like I'm not going to say they ripped it off, but there are a lot of similarities in this next section of the movie, which this is the other thing As- aside from thinking that Thomas Hayden Church was in almost this entire movie. I always remembered this San Francisco stuff being a much bigger part as if this was the majority. I thought uh, when I look back on this and, and we're saying we're doing George of the Jungle, I'm like, oh yeah, so they do 20 minutes in the jungle and then it's like an hour in San Francisco. There's like not probably not even 20 minutes here in San Francisco, but uh, going through some of the San Francisco stuff, they're on a balcony. This is the fish out of water section. Uh, George refers to it as a very high tree house. He's trying to call the animals. Uh, she says, they're not going to hear you from 10 stories up. And you, you kind of get like a, a nice little moment. It's like, oh, George, know that, of course. Like he's trying to not look dumb at this point. Yeah. Uh, the next morning, this is where we get one of our unsung uh, favorite characters in the movie, the, oh, the friend. I love her. Just wants to steal George. Who, <laughs> Leslie thought, Man. I'm just looking her up here. She looks familiar. Like I thought she's been in nothing. She hasn't acted since like nothing. 2006. She's been in nothing. Yeah. But wow. she should. Kelly, Kelly Maracco is, is her name. Kelly Maracco. Because like, on Wikipedia, again. like on Wikipedia, she doesn't even have a link. Like, doesn't. It doesn't even exist. She doesn't even, by the looks of things, have any social media. She's uh, 
Well, Kelly Miller as well, as they're referring to here on, a, on another thing. But, um, yeah, who you is know, she? She has, she has no Wikipedia page, but Greg Crutwell and Crystal the Monkey do. What is wrong with this world? Yeah, well, masturbating monkeys are more important than <laughs> masturbating Kelly Maraca. Let's be honest, that's what she was doing. <laughs> and that's how her career ended. Yeah. <laughs> or started. She also climbed up into the rafters and yeah. <laughs> just whipped it out. Massive just, dong. Her, Ben, and Crystal Monkey. Yeah. <laughs> it was a three-way. Um. So when she shows up here, she immediately notices George naked coming out of the shower. Who doesn't? Uh, <laughs> it Come is on. quite a spectacular sight. Let's be honest. I mean, I bet you oh. this is the one scene that Jamie just happened to walk in on, wasn't it? <laughs> she she has not watched this movie, but yet we're watching it again tonight. I'm telling you right now. Because <laughs> wow. she missed George of the Jungle. Oh. Uh, but yeah, this scene here, this is... Let's let's just call it for what it is. This is very much objectifying Brendan Fraser. This entire section of the movie is just all the women being like, "Oh, he's so buffed. He's so hot. He's got such a great butt flap up and a massive <laughs> a dong." Like, can we just not avoid dong. the penis joke? I see why they call him the king of the jungle. <laughs> this yeah, is the movie for kids, people. <laughs> And again, it's not offensive, though. That's the other no. crazy thing about this movie. They found a way to not have it be offensive. I think but I yet- got that joke as a kid. I think even I was like, <laughs> ah, ha, 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 George the Jungle has a massive penis. Like, I was like, I get it. Well, you'd seen the Crystal Monkey uh, <laughs> yeah. sex tape online <laughs> yep. at this age. Uh, but yeah, like he gets out of the shower. And again, the- Brendan Fraser just has a way of making this more likable because he's so innocent and he's so good at playing. And this is a... It reminded me so much of Blast from the Past, this role. Mm. Like, he has this way of, of being this incredibly muscular, strong man where he should be like The Rock, where it's just like, I'm going to crush a man's skull with my bare hands. And yet he's so nice and charming and and stupid at times and, and clumsy and innocent. That when, he, when he's talking about uh, um, uh, uh, Ursula, uh, funny thing happened in Waterfall. Waterfall <laughs> got warm, and then George slipped on this weird pink rock. <laughs> it's a bar of soap. Uh, just he doesn't understand this. It's just so. Oh, it's so nice. Uh, just, I uh, want to marry him. <laughs> and it just, I love the way, kind of like, I mean, yeah, you talk about like sort of objectifying him, but like here he is in this like literal model pose. Like this is, you know, what you would have on some sort of like beefcake calendar or whatever. He's, yeah. he's all glistening and shiny, and it, again, yes, he, he doesn't understand while he's being stared at right now with his <laughs> massive. Massive dog. The bit I really love here too is like when he's um when he answers the phone and it's like pick up the phone, Ursula, pick up the yeah. phone. And he's like, ah! <laughs> and, and then I love it. Like you talk about the innocence, just the facial expressions that he pulls off, like kind of way he's like looking, like he doesn't know what to do. And then when Ursula yeah. leaves and she's kind of like, you need to stay here. You know, you have to be there. And then the narrator, this is George of the Jungle. He's king of the jungle. He doesn't listen. And then George is like, not true. I will listen to Ursula yeah, yeah. for five minutes. And this is also, I know I'm jumping in here. I'm really getting into what you're about to say, but you sent me a, a gift before this uh, recording of like when he's like dressing up in a and It's like, and he looks pretty good. And he turns to the camera, pretty darn good. Pretty darn good. <laughs> and all this time he's wearing a dress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that's the setup here is he's naked. He's got no clothes. They need to take him out to get clothes. Uh, so he just decides to put on one of her dresses and he says, nice butt flap. <laughs> and the friend here too, I love what she, she's, I can't even remember exactly what she was saying. The conversation here, something about, Oh, so is this who you're replacing Lyle with? 
And then uh, she says, no, I'm not marrying George or whatever. And, and she just sort of looks at it and says, can I have a man? <laughs> so casually. <laughs> Even the bit though, when like before she does the whole, I see why they call him the king of the jungle. The way she got like leaps forward to shake his hand and Ursula yeah. all, like <laughs> And I just love Ursula like, here's one for the front, one for the booty. <laughs> <laughs> She's just like she's got this innocence about her, just the way she's kind of like playing it off too. Where yeah. you know she kind of is balancing this lust for him, which clearly her friend is not holding back. <laughs> Again, let's be honest, her friend is Jamie, but Jamie wouldn't have yeah. let anyone <laughs> yes. hold her back. <laughs> but just Leslie Mad, just the way she plays this whole sequence off is great. Like dealing with a mother and just everything is so good. Leslie Mann, take a bow. What a woman! What a woman! Yes. <laughs> Uh, so they go clothes shopping here. Uh, he gets, this is where they put him in the Armani suit and Georgie looked pretty good in an Armani. And that's where he turns to the literally breaks the fourth wall. Pretty darn good. <laughs> so good. Uh, and he does they have too. Couple, He's not lying. Oh, spectacular and everything. Uh, they have a couple conversations, uh, on the street. This is, I, I think this is the part where Holland Taylor spots them. Not earlier. Mm, yeah. Uh, and she makes a comment about, uh, it's a dog eat dog world out here. And he goes, dog eats dog here. <laughs> like <all bald. laughs> um, yeah, there's the part here where he, the, the mom's trying to call Ursula and uh, she's just screaming, pick up the phone. And George's like, I don't know what to do. So he just picks it up and just screams, ah, and that's it. And then she's just like, well, that seemed unnecessary. Yeah. Things. <laughs> yeah. Holland Taylor just has like these little lines. Like you're not meant to like her character, but there are just as well, that seemed definitely unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so while this is all going on, this is the setup for them. Uh, uh, well, first, yeah, she leaves him at home alone. This is again, very elf-like. I want you to stay in the apartment. Daddy's got to go to work. Uh, but uh, this is intercut with what's going back on in the jungle where the the the, the henchmen are trying to capture the ape uh, and uh, we, we show chaos happening in the jungle without George. The elephant is peeing on a tree with basically a fire hose comes out. Uh, I'm assuming that's what it's supposed to be. And uh, somebody wrecked something of apes. I don't even know. Uh, but when George is left home alone here, uh, Ursula is, I guess, sprung on. This is supposed to be in a pre-engagement party or something. Because uh, when they walk in, in. Yeah, sorry. I thought it was their well, engagement no, no, party. Oh, this bit here. Okay. Later it is. But yeah. they, she comes in first and it's like, surprise. And, and they said, we wanted to surprise you with this party on the day of your engagement party. <laughs> oh, <laughs> rich people. Weird. Why not? Oh, it's the party in celebration of your engagement party. Uh, but this is where she's like, oh, I don't know if I can tell my parents uh, that, uh, you know, I I'm not marrying Lyle. Lyle has been arrested for attempted murder. Um, George ends up leaving the house here. He finds uh, the biggest rope bridge uh, in the world here and climbs up on it. And we get probably the only generic, I guess, action movie sequence in this where th there's a guy who just happens to have been parasailing and got caught up on the Golden Gate Bridge, which... <laughs> It turns into a bit of an action sequence as George finds, I don't know what this is supposed to be, an extension cord that's up there on top of it. Yeah, what's it connected uh, to? I don't know, but who cares? <laughs> it's a vine to him, and he yes. swings, he rescues the guy. Ursula sees this on the news as she's at the, her engagement party for her engagement party, and uh, she somehow gets there in a flash and meets George on the boat. As George is swinging with the guy in the air, another one that will watch out for that, and then he hits the boat. Uh, so... You can't get, they don't get old. These these pratfalls of Brendan Fraser don't get old in this movie. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll quickly cap it here uh, as Ursula and him uh, start smooching, oh. <laughs> although they're not smooching. 
uh, on the boat here, and Holland Taylor sees it all over the news. Yes, that is what happened. You know what I forgot? What did you forget, forgot Colin Hilding? Why he actually left the house, which which actually made me like literally crack up laughing. The coffee. Where he's watching the commercial. <laughs> yeah, the coffee. Where it was just a couple, like a, a little bit of a sensual thing. It's like, mmm, have a sip of my coffee. <laughs> so that's how humans made. <laughs> he just starts pounding coffee by the fistful into his mouth and he's jumping, 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 um, there, there's, um, there's a scene in that when, cause you know how, uh, Linda Hamilton's character has a little cafe and she brings him the coffee one day and then the next day she knows what everybody wants. And then the, yeah. the really geeky guy sees her arriving and he's like, it's coffee, 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 coffee. cappuccino, <laughs> java. <Yeah. laughs> like, every time I go to a coffee shop, I want to say that, but like no one will get that reference. I think it's the most obscure quote from Dante's pig. Cappuccino, Java. <laughs> we could get that on a T-shirt and just put yes. like that famous quote in Dante's Peak. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. What a what a so movie! Good. Come yeah. on, James Bond and Sarah Connor team up to stop a volcano. Like <laughs> sells itself. I mean, okay, sure. Tommy Lee Jones and Anne Hayes stop a volcano. Okay, it's got its own merits. Well, Don't get me wrong. Like yeah, like you could sell both of those. James Bond and Sarah Connor stop a volcano. And then you could be two-faced and Ellen DeGeneres' lover stop a volcano. <laughs> she was Harrison Ford's squeeze in six <laughs> days, seven nights. She was in three episodes of Nip Tuck, which are among the worst episodes, and her storyline sucks, but good for Anne Heche. I actually like Anne Heche, but... <laughs> Me too. <laughs> she, yeah, okay, anyway. you know, six days, seven nights. Oh, six days, seven nights. What are the, mm-hmm. we just put out the 90s, mid to late 90s, a bunch Amazing. of underrated movies. Like this mm-hmm. is where I we, we talk about this. We've we've done other ones, but like these are movies. Okay, we're maybe biased on because we grow up grew up with. But think about that. Six days, seven nights. What a great movie. Volcano, Dante's <laughs> Peak, Armageddon, uh, Deep Impact. I've gone mm-hmm. blank on the other one there. Um, what else are we? We we did Face Off from about this period as oh. well. Um, gosh, so many just random movies that were great. Godzilla, we've done Godzilla. Everyone hates that movie, but it's great. Wild Wild West. God. Oh, I still want to do Wild Wild West. Let's just do Ninja the Jungle. <laughs> Dudley Do Right. <laughs> Twister. In the past. Twister, yes. Um, anyway, so I love when after the bad guy falls in poop bit, when. They're, they're laying in the jungle and they're like looking, you know, which one is it? And it's like the man with the apes or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a subtle little moment when Lyle gets his binoculars out and he kind of puts them out and then he realizes he's got them the wrong way. Just some of the little side physical comedy bits are hilarious. Um, and I love it when he kind of does like a commando roll and crouches down through the jungle. And it's like, Ursula, it's me, your fiance. I'm here to rescue you. <laughs> Just the way, and then even the way Leslie Mann walks out and kind of has that shocked look on her face, like just so good. But even just this whole sequence when he shoots, it's like, no, no, (laughs) (laughs) run for a chip, run for your life. Did that gorilla just talk? That gorilla just talked. Shoot the monkey. (laughs) 
it's just so over the top which i just i yeah i love the way the narrator just fades to white and it's just like okay okay everyone let's take a breath right now george can't die and lyle's a massive doofus <laughs> oh so good um yeah I, the whole you talk about it reminding you of elf Another great movie from this period, Jungle to Jungle. Yeah. <laughs> kind of got a bit of jungle to jungle about it when what is what is his name? Mimusiku comes to the the jungle with Tim Allen. That's a great movie. Why do I always I think seen you don't like that time. movie? No, no, it's for richer or poor I don't like. I you love Jungle like to Jungle. And there's yeah. a similar movie, but not similar. I always used to get Jungle to Jungle and Man of the House confused when they're completely mm. different movies. But again, it's kind of like Deadbeat Dad with the Sun in a way. But uh, Chevy Chase and Jonathan Taylor Thomas. You haven't done Man of the House yet for Jonathan Taylor Tona- Thomas month? No, we got it. We got to put it on the list. I will be on you for that episode. I actually didn't want. That was not long ago that I watched that one. And Farrah Fawcett, the late Farrah Fawcett's in that movie too. So great movie. What a movie. What a, what a period <laughs> to be alive. <laughs> God, we're so biased. Um, but you talk about like the heart in this movie, the, the, the balcony scene when sort of, uh, you know, she's like, Oh, I'll make the couch up Mm -hmm. for you. And he's all like, Oh no, I'll sleep on the balcony. And she gives him that little kiss on the cheek. And then he kind of does that little look where he's like, Ooh, like, you know, it's just, it's just nice little moments that they fit in there with that. Um, the facial expressions just from Brendan Fraser, like when he's wearing the dress, when he gets the perfume, when he goes into the Armani store and he kind of rubs it on his teeth. And yeah. like, the bit when he first puts on the dress and he's like, nice butt flap. And then he kind of does this thing where he's like holding on to like a vine and he's kind of like swinging his hips, like going like, ooh. ooh. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want that as a gif. I want Brendan Fraser going, ooh, 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 in a dress. And even when he's like walking down the street with his sunglasses on and his little hat and he's like jumping up and he's swinging on street poles. <laughs> so funny. Um, I don't know what else I've really got to add amongst some of the other things the dad i love the dad uh now do you know who this dad is colin hilding without no. looking it up no idea okay he's the father of a very probably an actor you would say is more famous than him i'll give you another clue there he's the father of somebody else who's famous somebody else famous we uh have mentioned the show already in this episode or maybe we're talking about it off air. Actually, I think we're talking about it off air, but... Oh, we'll... okay. Uh, Donald Sutherland? <laughs> no, 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 good. It's not Don... This is not Donald Sutherland. Um, you and I were well, talking... look just alike. <laughs> I um, We were talking about a show that I would often watch uh, actors from that show in other things. Oh, Friends. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he's the father uh, of a Friends actor. Is this Matt LeBlanc's, Matt LeBlanc's dad? This is not Mr. LeBlanc. It, Matthew Perry's dad? It is. This is Matthew Perry's father. Uh, the, <laughs> really? The esteemed John <laughs> Bennett Perry. Uh, hey, <laughs> seriously. You want to hear... Yeah. You want to hear... A, it's not not hilarious haha story, but I, I was aware... I should have known that because I was aware that Matthew Perry's dad was an actor. Um, I had a friend who, uh, as a kid, wrote into TV Guide. Uh, and I remember he was very proud of it. Like, this is must have been i don't know before internet or something like that uh and after friends came out uh he had written into tv guide and actually got it published asking the question is matthew perry related to joe perry the guitar player from aerosmith like the dumbest question you could possibly (laughs) ask and they published it and they said no but believe it or not matthew perry's father is a famous actor who was in blah 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 uh so that's the only reason i remember because my idiot friend 
<laughs> decided to ask if he was related to the guitar player from Aerosmith, and somehow they published that question. And hello to Colin's idiot friend. I'm sure they are. Yeah. They are. He owes me money. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> Give me my money. <laughs> I just love this. Colin's friends. It's just, no wonder you don't like the show Friends because you don't have any of yourself. It's like my idiot friend wrote Bad his experiences. TV He owes me money, idiot friend. <laughs> Is there a Reddit thread on Colin's idiot friend? <laughs> but I, I do love the Wikipedia article for John Bennett Perry. And in the little information box, it's got children, two, including Matthew Perry. Who's the other <laughs> child? And why do they not get a mention? Poor other child of John Bennett Perry, including Matthew Perry. Is uh, it Joe Perry, guitar player from Aerosmith? <laughs> <laughs> it's Luke Perry. Rest in peace. Um, but no, I think uh, the funny thing is here, it says he starred in Fools Rush In with his son, and I actually didn't know that he was in Friends. He actually played Rachel's boyfriend's Tate Donovan. We were talking about Tate Donovan before when he was in Friends. Played Tate Donovan's father. So there you go. John Bennett Perry. Make him a thing again. Hasn't acted since <laughs> was 2011. He ever a thing? Was he ever a thing in the first place? <laughs> he was in Independence Let's Day. What? He was a Secret Serviceman in Independence Day. Must have missed him in that. Uh, his, la- his last movie was in 2011, Bob's New Suit. Um, the esteemed movie Bob's new So He hasn't acted in nine years. Funny, you mentioned Donald Sutherland. He was in Dirty Sexy Money, starring <laughs> Donald Sutherland. <laughs> so we plan this out, people. Like, we really do. It all makes sense. He's he's not like a big part in this movie, but he does get arguably one of the best moments in the whole movie coming up. I do like him. He's kind of like not up there with Ursula's friend, but... I do kind of like that moment when he like rolls his eyes and is like, God, that woman's a pain in the ass. (laughs) (laughs) I do like him. Um, I also like the scene when, is it the pre-party when it's like Ursula tells uh, her parents about George and then you get the, it's okay, honey, we understand. And the narrator's like, just kidding. (gasps) No! (laughs) And so the whole sequence here where it's kind of like Ursula's sped up and she's telling what happens. If you read the trivia on IMDb, she actually like that actually was a whole sequence that was filmed. So she says, and I'll, I'll say this really quickly. So anyway, I went to the jungle and I wanted to get away before I got married. And Lyle showed up, and nobody got along with Lyle. He's a big pain in the ass. And anyway, so he he went off into the jungle by himself, and I, you know, I had to follow him. And a jungle man comes swinging through a vine, just swinging through, and and he, and then we hit something, and I don't know what happened. The next thing I know, I wake up, and then Lyle shot him. <laughs> so she actually says all that, and they just speed it up. So clever little moment there. Wow. Yeah, but the, the coffee bit, I'm glad you mentioned that because I'm yeah. <laughs> chewing the coffee. Java, 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 java. And um, then the weatherman. Yes. What are you doing? You should be outside. Who, me? Yes, you. <laughs> <laughs> also, when they're in the car and George is like doing the jungle cry and Ursula ends up joining in and that car just pulls up next to them. <laughs> and it's just sort of like, huh, what are you doing? Um, and one thing, I'm jumping ahead here, but when it comes to the, the engagement party, Holland Taylor, has she just gotten out of the shower? Like, how much gel has she got in her hair? <laughs> Holy crap balls. Was that a thing in the 90s? Crap balls? Crap sure balls. it was. <laughs> Actually, you know what it is? It, and this is this is the correlation, like, to connect all things in together that we, we talk about here and segue it in. I mentioned before, director of this movie, Sam Wiseman, directed D2, The Mighty Ducks. Mm. There is that, of course, whole sequence where Gordon Bay goes a little bit Hollywood and he's got the slicked hair. And is it, it's not Hans, it's 
Yarns, because Hans wasn't in the second one. It's his brother or whatever it is. <laughs> kind of when he shows up to LA and he's like, what's wrong with your hair? It looks like you just got out of the shower. So maybe this is a Sam Wiseman thing. He just likes the really showered hair. It's like Hitchcock's cameos yeah, in movies, except exactly. his is just the showered haired look. The showered hair. Just quick, quick snap poll, Colin Hilding. <laughs> D2 Mighty Ducks. Where would you rate that in the Mighty Ducks trilogy? Uh, see, it's tough because I actually probably watched that movie even more than the first Mighty Ducks for whatever reason. But yet I would say Mighty Ducks 1, Mighty Ducks 3, I'd hold higher than it. Absolutely. Correct answer. But this is the thing. The, the, stri- the strength of the Mighty Ducks trilogy is that even the worst movie is still bloody good, even though yeah, it's exactly. a bit silly. But they all are, let's be honest. We meet the Bash Brothers in D2, the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> the Come Knuckle on. Puck is the invented. The Knuckle Puck. <laughs> yes, Wayne Gretzky is in number two. Uh, Paul Correa in number three. It's great. I tell you, what we should do when, when the Mighty Ducks series comes to Disney+, Plus, I feel we should cover that. I feel... Oh, absolutely. Like next year, if movies get delayed, maybe in the lead up, we could do the three Mighty Ducks movies, an excuse to do them. Come on. Uh, mm-hmm. And because it will be... No, it won't be 30 years next year. It'll be 29 years since the first one. Um, but hey, perfect excuse to do it. 25 years since the third one next year. So there you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is the 25th anniversary of the End of the Mighty Duck saga. I will say, out of all the Mighty Duck saga, the only one that makes me tear up is the third one. So, yeah. The third one is really good. Oh, like, it's, it's brilliant. It, and, and yet, it's the one that nobody really saw and nobody remembers. But yet, Which, it is, it's an amazing movie. Because I watched them in lockdown. I was just like, oh, I'm going to watch the Mighty Ducks movie. So, I've only watched them very recently. And yeah, I remember, I think I tweeted, like, unpopular opinion, D3 might be the strongest of all of them. Like, mm-hmm. not, not more than the first. But it really does, like, hold up well. It's a good movie. Yeah. I want to run through a little bit of the trivia. Like we're saying how unusually funny this movie is and that it's way funnier than it really should be. I want to give a shout out here to the trivia page on IMDb because there's some spectacular George of the Jungle trivia here. I'm going to read through a few of them if you're ready here. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm ready. All right. Uh, the ground in the jungle was made out of mashed potatoes. <laughs> Real trivia. Wow. Uh, this one, not so much funny, but interesting. It, it was after seeing this film that director Stephen Summers considered Brendan Fraser for the role of Rick O'Connell in The Mummy. And so it should be, right? Like you see him yeah, shirtless absolutely. in this. I want to see him fighting Imhotep. Yeah. Um, some scenes of this movie, you, you alluded to this earlier, uh, the, the filmed but didn't appear in it. Uh, George saving Ursula from a quicksand pit, George and Beatrice's dog Coco exploring the mall, and Lyle returning from jail with a shaved head and an eye patch. George and Beatrice's dog Coco exploring the mall. (laughs) Where is that scene? I want to see it. Here's one. This is actually surprising. Now, this was recent. This is within the last year. During a 2019 interview on Busy Tonight, co-star Leslie Mann confessed that she developed a real-life crush on Brendan Fraser during filming and ultimately fell in love with him. Well, so you should. <laughs> I need to see she that. Was, she, she was dating Judd Apatow at this point already. <laughs> She's like, yeah. I'm leaving you for Brendan Fraser. It's like, not another one. And let's be honest, uh, Brendan Fraser, what a man. Because this what a man. Guy- he could he could have anyone he wants. He was he was in a he was married for a very long time. I, I believe that was a, a large portion of what we were talking about before about how he kind of mm-hmm. fell off the map. He, he went through a pretty difficult divorce, and as far as I know, he hasn't remarried. But uh, I mean, what a man! This could have been a, a Meg Ryan, Russell Crowe, Dennis Quaid yeah. situation all over again. You know, an Angelina Jolie, Jennifer Anderson, Brad Pitt. But no, George George or so now <laughs> I call him George. Now when I'm talking about the actor, I call him George. 
<laughs> that makes sense, Ben. Uh, Brendan kept it in his pants and was like, look, Leslie, man, you are a pretty good man, but I'm, I'm married. <laughs> I'm happy. Or even, or I shouldn't be putting all the blame on Leslie Mann. Leslie Mann could have just maintained, like, strong woman, Leslie you know, Mann, to maintain yeah, your love I, for Brendan Fraser. <laughs> she she actually said she fell in love with him, and yet still, I will stay with Judd Apatow. Yeah, now there's, a, there's a lesson to you, Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt and <laughs> Meg Ryan and Russell Crowe. Like, be like Leslie Mann and Brendan Fraser. Keep yeah. it in your pants, okay? We talked about this in the Thomas Crown Affair. You know, with Pierce Brosnan and Ray Russo, keep it in your pants. Simple. And you know what? Ben and I don't have that same restraint. We would leave our spouses for Brendan Fraser or Leslie Mann. Or, or each other's respective others. You know how much I want to bang your wife, Colin? It's hard. <laughs> right? In more ways than one. But I keep it in my pants. <laughs> Not just because she's repulsed to you, for other reasons. Doesn't Morals. matter with me, with women repulsed by me, Colin. I've been engaged twice. <laughs> Eventually, they give in. Oh, oh. <laughs> you know it's the thing like about saying things, saying things offensive. It was oh. all Noah's fault. <laughs> what this Reddit thread? What happens doesn't to the matter if women. Are, it doesn't matter if women repulsed by me. They always give in. <laughs> At what point of this year am I going to jail? Uh. <laughs> I have so many flashbacks. Right now, I think it was Jurassic Park. <laughs> when you're like, oh, these children, they, they make me want to do things to them. No, no, not those things. <laughs> like Just murder. Just murder. Shazam as well. Like, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna kill Colin at this point. <laughs> Joining us now to finish this episode, everyone's favorite racist, Noah Groves. Deflection, quick. <laughs> pew pew pew. Me too, Ben Waterworth. Podcast host falls in poop. Classical element of physical comedy. That was the part that we throw our heads back and laugh. Ready? <laughs> <laughs> I can't. My my gut hurts too bad right now. Oh my lord! Okay, so <laughs> you know what makes it worse not, is that I then put this on the best of, which should be avoided and ignored. <laughs> Dig myself a hole even more, Ben. Oh, that was a funny moment. Put it on the best of. Hello, best of listeners. Remember that moment of that episode where Ben implied that he, I don't know what, <laughs> forcibly. <laughs> Himself on women. It's not funny. <laughs> it's not. Uh, <laughs> it is not funny. Do not laugh at that type of humor. Sick bastards. Uh, not like segue. a family show like Rob has a podcast. Gosh. Get the kids around and listen to Rob has a podcast, everyone. Family viewing for family. everyone. Uh, <laughs> so... By the way, somebody who does not ever force himself on a woman is Brendan Fraser because he's loyal to his wife, even when she's terrible to him. Uh, what a segue, Colin. He shoots wow. scores. Wow. Whew, okay. Uh, trivia. Um, here's a really fun one. While recording the audio, audio commentary for Spider-Man 3, when Flint Marco's picture is shown in the prison scene, Thomas Hayden Church comments, is this, <laughs> it's this guy who is in Georgia the Jungle. <laughs> um... 
Uh, what else we have here? Uh, the Stanhope Mansion is the same building as the Carrington's Mansion in Dynasty. Wow. Oh, I thought cool. it looked familiar. Uh, final film appearance of Greg Crutwell. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Trivia. No. This one's actually really good here. Uh, and I love that they say this. There's the spoiler above it where it says the trivia items below may give away important plot points. And final film appearance of Greg Crutwell is on there. <laughs> yep. But I like the, the uh, one the, under, uh, you had to read about the one yeah. directly underneath. That has this a spoiler. The, the, the one above that, you mean? The personal trainer one. Yeah. Brendan Fraser's personal trainer for the film sued Fraser for not mentioning him in the credits. The trainer did not win the case. Spoiler. <laughs> I, lo I love that little line at the end. The trainer did not win the case. Yeah, the trainer did not win the case. That's like, let's just do this in the narrator's voice. Brendan Fraser's personal trainer for the film sued Fraser for not mentioning him in the credits. The trainer did not win the case. And you know why that is the case, funnily enough? So they, they went to court, right? And it was like, oh, please stand for your honor, blah, blah, blah. In walks the judge, takes one look and goes, all right, we're here to read the case against personal trainer and Brendan Fraser. Oh, screw <laughs> you, trainer. So what he didn't, you got to work. You got to train Brendan Fraser. Get out of my court. You, you've you received enough thanks already, okay? You, you don't need any. And then the trainer's like, you know what? You're right. Let's move on. <laughs> I'm in love with Brendan Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> There's a T-shirt. I want a T-shirt with big, bold letters. I'm in love with Brendan Fraser. There <laughs> <Yes>! you go. <laughs> there you go. There's a, another one. Big, Would you got the exact letters. same T-shirt with different captions on each one? <laughs> you know, you know it's, it's funny. Oh, is, oh, Jamie, is that her in the background saying something? Yes, Jamie. Yes, Jamie. Is she talking to me? Did I hear Jamie, that? Jamie, come down. You want to say that in the mic? Yeah, bring in Jamie. Bring in my future affair. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> never mind. I'll tell you later. Okay, Jamie. Hi, Jamie. What, what did you just Hi. say? You're I looking good. She's the one in the middle. <laughs> I'm not on camera, am I? No, you're not. Oh, okay. yes, you, you are. Really in my mind, you're always on camera. Well, I, with mo my shirt, I wouldn't be very modest. So <laughs> I'm just making sure. Take it off, Jamie. It's all good. Take it off. No, no, I was telling Colin, I said, you're not allowed to leave me for another man because I'm unemployed. You're my sugar daddy. <laughs> and there's the reason why they're married. There yeah, exactly. Is. It's all about the money. It's, it's for your um, money. Hi, Casper. How do you feel about Brendan Fraser? Thank you for joining us today. George, um, George, George. Let's sing it, Casper. George of the Jungle. Casper, come here. Casper, come here. You do something. George, George, George of the Jungle. Sing, Casper. George, 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 George oh, of the, the Jungle. Oh, the pressure's getting to him. George, George, George of the Jungle. Come on, Casper. <laughs> Uncle Ben says sing. Help. Okay, <laughs> All right, he's done. Casper, <laughs> do you want a donut? Oh, I want yeah, a donut, Jamie. Donut. Go have your donuts. It's all right, Jamie. I'll be. I'll see you later on tonight. You can give me your donut then. <laughs> I was going to say something even more appropriate involved holes, but we'll move on. No, please move on. Uh, okay, this so this episode has gone weird. What's happening? <laughs> Is, Is Mallory the... off today? Mallory's not home. Her brother walked in before. She's going to call me later on. <laughs> I love that her brother walks in. He's like, "Bye, Jamie. I'll see you later tonight." <laughs> I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna get like a talking to later on. So Jared tells me that you were implying you're going to have <laughs> sex with Colin's wife. He was asking another man's wife to take it off. <laughs> this this isn't the first time this has happened. Didn't we allude to you dying once and me <laughs> sweeping in for Jamie? 
Wow. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm like Leslie Mann to Brennan Fraser with your wife. What's happening? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, so the henchmen attack now. And uh, we was this toucan introduced earlier in the movie? Yeah, tookie. Tookie, tookie bird. But it was introduced earlier than this? Yes, the, the bird came in earlier when he went to help out the monkey. Uh, the the oh, Tookie okay. bird. Trusty. And then, because remember before, like, Tookie, give me my egg timer. Mm-hmm. You, you did oh, laugh so that that's who he was talking joke. to with the egg timer. I, yeah. I, I missed the Did you watch this movie? <laughs> yes. I, again, it goes so fast. <laughs> uh, so... The toucan is basically going to fly away and get George. Uh, and I would love to see the toucan sitting on an airplane in first class after this. Watch but... the trailer. Watch the trailer. It's in it. <laughs> uh, the, um, uh, the, yeah, this is, I think, the, the part where the, the parents took it well. So at the actual engagement party, uh, George swings through the air, and then you have the watch out for that, and he hits a cake uh, this time. We have him trying to ride a horse. I don't know what he's doing with this horse. He, he's Who not cares? trying to ride it's it. Hot. <laughs> it is hot. Wow. Ooh, that's like, it's like a couple of one of those like cheesy romance novels where you've got like the yeah. long haired man and like the Mills Fabio. and Boone style book. Yeah, Fabio. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know what's, what's funny about this? Again, this isn't me. I'm not complaining about it. I'm just simply saying there's a lot of objectification of men in movies too. Uh, this entire sequence is literally just women ogling him. <laughs> Uh, and a whole bunch of women watching him as every time it cuts to him, he's in slow motion, yep. jumping and riding on a horse. Uh, which, and then it cuts back to them, not in slow motion. Which, I mean, it's, it's a hard scene for me. I don't know what I'm looking at more in this scene, the horse or Brendan Fraser. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and again, people, when we do Dudley Do-Right, this is going to be a scene you'll see. It. Bradley, Brad, Bradley flavor. Bra- Brad- Bradley. <laughs> Bradley flavor. <laughs> <laughs> I can't call him George. I can't call him Brendan Fraser. Bradley <laughs> Flavor, starring opposite horse, uh, Blair Nessica Taka uh, in Dudley Do Right. Whoa. All right. I'm, I'm actually watching this scene right now and I'm stumbling my words because the, the, the horse and Brendan Fraser right now are too attractive. They're just too beautiful. Yeah. Uh, so it's a decent looking horse. It's not the best horse I've ever seen. <laughs> it's not the sexiest horse we've covered. No, definitely not. <laughs> Uh, so the mother has a little talk with George here uh, at the party. And um, oh, they, they also, here's another thing. They, they, I miss this. They were referring to his sensual intelligence as well. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what that, I don't know what sensual intelligence is. Everyone. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the, when the mother, uh, Holland Taylor is having a uh, conversation here with him, it's uh, about zebras and leopards and in the jungle. And she's like, you know, the zebra has stripes. The leopard has spots. My daughter is a stripe. You're a spot. You don't belong together. Racist uh, Holland I, Taylor. It is very racist. This is so Noah Groves of her. It is. But Gosh. there's there's also a really funny part where I I, uh, I think they were mistaking George. There was a bunch of guys who were mistaking George for being a regular person. Yeah. And he made a comment, which obviously they thought was a joke where he was just making jungle talk. And they laugh. I, I, I wish I could remember right now. But something like, ha, 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 ha. Ah. Yeah, it's like, ha, And the ha, end was ha. sort of. Oh yeah, they end with a ah, at the end, and so George just looks at him and goes, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> I readily love these two guys because like it's when the, all the women are looking at the horses and they kind of cut to them and like, what is it with chicks and horses? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just the way they kind of say that. But yeah, that yeah, laugh, exactly. Like, totally missing that Brendan Fraser is what they're yeah. looking at there. But let's be honest, that that's a guy thing. We would honestly be doing that. We would probably be like, oh, oh they must like really like the horse there. 
Uh, we wouldn't yeah, well, catch the fact that there's this beautifully long-haired, attractive man running with the horses. <laughs> it's the flip side of that meme of the husband and wife in bed mm. back to back. It's mm-hmm. like, is he thinking about other women? It's like, <laughs> do you think that Superman can outrun the Flash? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Which again is exactly how men think. Exactly. Yes, that's not even a joke. That is yeah. a real thing. Although, you know, I think about we're going to get that. There's going to be a great tie-in with Airheads. Did you say something also about my wife? I said, when I think about your wife, it's a different... Yeah, the joke died. <laughs> you know what? We, we, we can't say this is a recipient thing. I have never made one inappropriate comment about Mallory ever. Go for <laughs> can't it. Say the same, can't say the same for it. Noah, though. Well. Noah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we've told that story on air, haven't we? Um, have we? <laughs> Noah's eyes were very much... <laughs> On Mallory the first time he met her. Um, <laughs> Can I just Here's a little side story on this, okay? I, I had mentioned that at some point to Jamie. And I'm like, oh, do you know what happened apparently? <laughs> and Jamie's reaction was just, well, you know, it would be pretty distracting. <laughs> <laughs> yes. See, your wife wants my fiance. There it is. No. Get her to come on and say inappropriate things. I'd listen. But she's not wrong. Colin, next time you see her, you stare at them. You look at them. You tell me that she's wrong and Noah's wrong. I'm going to be like at your wedding. Best man. I've been upgraded to best man at your wedding now. Do you, Ben? Hold on a second. Take my head. Shove her. Colin, take a good look at him. Tell me what you think. It's like in a night at the Roxbury when Will Ferrell's getting married and he starts hitting on the bridesmaid. And it's like, Doug, don't start hitting on the bridesmaid. (laughs) (laughs) This episode is too dark. It's George of the Jungle. (laughs) We need a little bit of levity here, people. Oh, God. Um, So help us when we get to airheads. We are airheads. (laughs) Well, I was going to say, there's a nice tie into Airheads next week when we do that whole, you know, this is what guys actually think about. Because there's a great moment with Adam Sandler in that movie. Uh, so, by the way, uh, aside from Ben trying to break up people's marriages, so is Holland Taylor. And Holland Taylor is at fault because, at least in Leslie Mayer's eyes, this is why George disappears. But George actually disappears because Toucan shows up and tells him that Ape has been kidnapped and is in trouble. Uh, and the henchmen have got him and everything, and he needs to go back. Uh, but... When Leslie Mann is having the conversation with Holland Taylor and Matthew Perry's dad, unrelated to Joe Perry, uh, he has the one nice moment in this movie uh, when she's basically saying, you, sh- you cannot marry some jungle guy. And then she's like, but I love him or whatever. Uh, the way that whole scene plays out, I mean, I, I don't have it memorized, but it, it's, it's a really sweet scene. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love him. I'm not one You're to- right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because up until now, like, it, and this movie could have played it in a way where she's just, oh, you can tell she's into him, but like, no, you 100% know. It's just she's denying it. And then all of a sudden, it's just a revelation to her. And the look when she kind of realizes it, like, there's kind of like, she's sort of just listening to him. I and mean, she kind of has this look where she kind of just like glances to herself and kind of rolls her eyes and looks off into the distance. She's like, what did you say? You're yeah, right. exactly. I love him. Like, again, Leslie Mann, fantastic. And Holland Taylor there, where she's like, no, 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 I didn't mean it. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah. the dad, what does he say? I'm like, just go get him, girl. Yeah. And then I love Holland Taylor's reaction. What? Yeah. And, like, and she's like, oh, God. And she, like, has a drink. And I think that's when he goes, like, God, that woman's a pain in the ass. <laughs> well, the, um... Uh, the next scene here where George arrives, I love that he's on a UPS truck in a box. <laughs> next time George gets bigger box. 
Next time, George get bigger balls. And, and then, then Nike. the worst product, the worst product placement I have ever seen. George of the Jungle takes out brand new. And again, it's just like the visual effects of this movie. It is bad, but it is meant to be bad. Yeah. He pulls the Nikes out of the box, put them on, brand new, and runs barefoot in Nikes across the jungle with everybody cheering. Wait, he runs uh, barefoot in Nikes. What? Well, no socks. Barefoot oh, is in no okay. socks. Right, yeah. I understand. Very that. uncomfortable to run without socks. By the yeah. way, yeah, I'm not a I'm not a person who can put bare feet into shoes. Anything. <laughs> well, yeah, feet in general. Uh, just Ben wears socks in the bath. It's just, ugh, it's gross. Otherwise, I mean, I'm not that weird. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I love that you have. I will force women to do what I want. <laughs> I will steal your wife, Colin. Well, I'm not that weird. <laughs> does, does Jamie have a foot fetish? <laughs> I doubt it. You want to hear a weirdest thing about me? This has nothing to do with fetish, but the weirdest thing about me, me, I want to know if this is a bachelor thing because apparently my brother does the same thing. I will let my socks dangle off my feet. So basically they're only pulled up barely above your toes and they just dangle there. That way you have the best of both worlds. You have the coolness of being barefoot, but you're still covered enough that your toes don't get cold. And I do this and Jamie's like, it's so weird. Put this whole sock yeah, on or take that, it off. That's weird. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> Again, Ben calling me weird for something. <laughs> no, that's just that's odd. I, I don't actually really don't like feet. Like you can look at Mallory's boobs. Don't look at her feet; they're gross. <laughs> something wrong with them. I, I just I don't know what. <laughs> I was gonna say if if Jamie has a foot fetish, then I'm out. I'm sorry. I'm like I can't do that. <laughs> You're like it's <laughs> <laughs> just feet. Just don't. Do Jamie's it for just me. like feet and pickles, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> oh. It's like my kryptonite. No, thank you. <laughs> Next, she'll say she likes peas and corn. Ooh. 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 I like peas and corn. It's not oh, bad. Oh, well, that's what's wrong with I you. I don't love them like Leslie Mann loves Brendan Fraser, but I like them. <laughs> There's another t shirt. Love peas and corn like Leslie Mann loves Brendan Fraser. <laughs> peas and corn are disgusting. Peas and corn are the Noah Groves of the vegetable world. <laughs> Can't get a date. Racist. <laughs> <laughs> All things that peas and corn are known for. Yeah. Don't you see that peas only <laughs> hang out with other green vegetables? Have you ever noticed that before? Put them on How a plate the with a white potato. No, I can't be with that. You notice that the pods are green as well? Yeah, exactly. God, racist, filthy vegetables. This is systemic vegetable racism. <laughs> systemic vegetable racism. <laughs> There's it's a something thing. you never thought was going to get mentioned when you listen to the George <laughs> the Jungle recap on the Oz Network. You've got this list of possible things that may be mentioned. All right, now, all systemic vegetable racism didn't have it. Vegas odds on that were very long. Um, there's a, another one of these, like, it's so bad, it's good. Uh, when Ape is in the cage and he drops the banana peel, the guy, like, first of all, it's on not even like a, a slippery surface. He just steps on it and all of a sudden, whoa, whoa, whoa. And again, it's meant to look bad, comical. But the way that Ape, like, even the facial expressions of this animatronic ape here is so funny as he's like guiding them through the jungle. It's like, oh, if you follow this trail, it'll take you right back to the treehouse. I'm like, wait. He's telling us it's going to take us back to the treehouse, which means it's actually not going to take us back to the treehouse. And then the cut to a shot of them right in front of the treehouse. <laughs> These guys are great. Is this uh, where they fight with the narrator? Or is that after? Yeah, no, that's right here where uh, he says, well, what, can't you say something constructive for a change? The narrator is like, well, it's because I don't like you. Because <laughs> I don't like you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Stop fighting with the narrator. But I love that he's like, uh, Thor, were you fighting with the narrator? He started it, <laughs> did not. <laughs> uh, George does show up here. We get another one of these like really hilarious comical fights, just like with the stuffed lion earlier on. Uh, my favorite bit uh, has to be when he's going back and forth between punching the one guy in the face and then he pulls the arm back and elbows the guy. And I think we talked about this last week on Birds of Prey too. A joke that just goes on way longer than it should have, but it's funnier because it goes on way longer. It's just like punch, elbow, punch, elbow, punch, elbow, punch, elbow. Uh, the toucan attached to the can is yep. a nice little gag. And he winds up his uh, fist. like he Yeah, when he winds, winds up, up his like fist, clock. cranking it. Whoa. And then the guy's spinning like crazy. Like it's a complete cartoon, but this movie just embraces it. This is going to be a weird comparison, but uh, you never saw the Brady Bunch movie, did you? Oh, I have, but it's been a long okay. time since I've seen it. But like they made the Brady Bunch movie, uh, and I'm aware the George of the Jungle animated series is equally funny and you know as much of a parody as this is. But they made a movie of the Brady Bunch, which was making fun of the Brady Bunch TV show, but yet it embraced it 100%. And that's almost what this movie reminds me of. Like it is embracing things that are typically bad about cartoon movies. It's not mm. like the Flintstones, like, and I like the Flintstones movie, uh, but it's not like the Flintstones movie where it's playing it part straight. They're like, we are going to go all out. We're going to show you everything that only works in cartoons and shouldn't even work in cartoons, like winding up your fist. And it's going to be hilarious. And you don't have any argument for it. You're just going to like it. I do. Um, just but like, like it. But the, the fight sequence, like just some of the other little visual gags that you have, like uh, when he sniffs under his armpit and his face turns green, when yeah. he gets pinned down and he kind of, he's trying to find his fists and he realizes they're like stuck in the sleeves and he's like, huh, huh, and then he pulls them out. <laughs> Is it when he like gets, falls back into the cage and Ape's like, remember those rules I told you about Queensbury fighting? Forget them. And then he goes straight for the nut shot. Uh, and then when he's doing the whole like backwards fist forwards and all that kind of stuff and then Ape just like starts reading a newspaper and like starts reading a book <laughs> and then when he like throws them into the cage and then like again fart jokes the laziest form of humour but he just like lets a fart rip and it's like <clears throat> and it's like oh <laughs> and then when um, the other not Abram Ben Ruby the, the one who's retired Greg like, Crutwell <laughs> yeah hands like a banana to Ape and Ape's kind of like oh which <laughs> is like starts grabbing it you have a freaking monkey using an elephant as like a bazooka thing with like a toucan and coconuts it's, just, oh, it's so yeah, hilariously that, uh, funny the coconuts shooting out of the tusk like a cannon was great yeah like pew, uh, pew, pew. ursula does come in for the save here yeah uh she swings in on a vine um and uh, after they defeat the henchmen here, we find out that Lyle has escaped. This is where there's like the surprise that he comes back, even though I remembered this movie as him being there the whole time. Uh, he's come back and he found a cult and uh, he has an important piece of parchment on him, which basically proves that he's been ordained a minister. So he can now marry him. <laughs> this is so absurd. But that means I can now marry uh, us. Ursula, and you don't even have a say in it. I'm doing it Ben Waterworth style. <laughs> well, get get your wife on the line right now. I can marry her and I. I'm, a, I'm an ordained You're minister. Ordained. I am in the Church of Bacon. I actually legitimately can marry people. It's true. I have the certificate to prove it. Whether it's legally binding in Canada, I don't know. But, you know. You can it. officiate your own wedding. Colin, you and I are married right now. I now pronounce this husband and husband. There. Oh. <laughs> See, he does like to force himself on people. Can't take it back now. <laughs> now, give me my uh, child support. The, the ninja apes come out to save the day here. <laughs> the ninja apes. 
And then uh, George does a translation here where he's speaking in ape language. <laughs> and, and then out of nowhere, he drops the name Shep for the elephant. Yeah. <laughs> but there's such a drastic change of Shep. <laughs> Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> and I love, like, I don't know if you watched this on Disney Plus or how you watched it, but like, Disney Plus, like the subtitles are kind of just like white text with like a black background. I'm watching mm-hmm. here. Um, the version I have on my computer is kind of like ripped off the DVD. And the way they've got the subtitles, they've kind of added like the first letter of each line is kind of like, you know, in those um, fairy tale books, how that have like the N all oh, fancy yeah. at the beginning. So even here on the subtitles, it's got like, now thy work tis done, but behold how Shep doth dispatch these villains. <laughs> it's like all done really fancy on the writing. Like even just the subtitles mm-hmm. are playing up to this silliness. It's great. Uh, Ur- Ursula is kidnapped by Lyle. They're on a river. He's about to form the ceremony. They get caught up in the rapids. George finds a vine and says, this is going to be the biggest swing of my life. Uh, and then <laughs> he just... very much. Yeah. And then he <laughs> flies, literally flies through the air. Like, he's going supersonic speed. And again, it's so over the top, so comical. Uh, his This is where we get the body imprint in the tree. And uh, the tree tips over. Uh, just in time for George to grab Ursula as Lyle passes underneath, but doesn't realize Ursula's gone. So when they're in the dark cave, he finishes the ceremony and said, that's it. We're married, baby. Give me a kiss. And then you see him kissing another ape who really gets a little too physical. Yeah, right rapey here. ape. I've written rape ape. Yeah, rapey, rape ape, yes. Rape ape. <laughs> yeah, there's a t-shirt uh, we, I'd say we should get made, but probably wouldn't probably sell not. Well. Along with the murderer shirt, would not be our best seller. Yeah, defending murderers, like murderers are good guys or good dads or whatever it was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, not, not uh, going to sell well. And if it does sell well, then I'm kind of worried for our listeners' base. But, you know, we'll take your money. We will. <laughs> Gladly. Yeah. Rape ape t-shirt uh, coming soon. <laughs> we cut to the actual wedding of Ursula and George. The elephant is the best man. <laughs> you have a real bridal party and you cut to a giant elephant behind George. Which which funny Eight story, Colin. You are third choice, actually. If I can get an elephant to be my best man. Yeah. Sorry. If Shep is in, I'm out. Yep. Yep. Very true. Um, at, at the wedding, Holland Taylor uh is uh saying something about she feels like jane goodall and then <laughs> ape comes up and it says uh you are no jane goodall or something like that or i knew jane goodall and you are no jane goodall <laughs> uh we cut back to the jungle where george and ursula now have a george jr uh as george jr flies and they watch out for the tree uh and we get one final george just lucky i guess uh, as they end on the shot of the lion king <laughs> That's brilliant uh, and then right before the credits, Ape says, aren't you wondering what happened to me? And you cut to Ape in a glittery tuxedo singing My Way by Frank Sinatra in Vegas. We, we Brilliant. We uh, extra connection to Two and a Half Men. You mentioned Holland Taylor, of course, being in Two and a Half Men. The sequel to George of the Jungle, uh, Angus T. Jones plays. I saw the, that, yeah. The son. So, uh, yeah, obviously... Uh, and, and Jim Carrey, bro, I mentioned before how Holland Taylor was in The Truman Show and Leslie Mann was in Cable Guy. So everyone uh, likes to work with Charlie Sheen and Jim Carrey based on this movie, apparently. So there you go. Um, gosh, this movie's great. It's just so fun. Um, the the engagement party, um, I love the little wedding, the the cake people. And how, like, they kind of, just as George is about to crash into the wedding cake, you see, like, these cake people, like, go, like, ah! And then you see 
everybody's favorite dog, Coco, who we were robbed of seeing a great deleted scene of, <laughs> bite the head. The one scene I don't really get is it just meant to show like the statu- status of Holland Taylor. She's just having a random conversation with the mayor. Just like, oh, and where's Lyle? Oh, he's not here. Like, it kind of feels a bit odd. Like, do we need it? I'd rather see Coco in the mall than random conversation <laughs> with San Francisco mayor. Like, we definitely want to see Thomas Hayden Church with a shaved head and eye patch. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I also love, like, when all the women are staring at George, there's there's one woman that is definitely Jamie. You hear a woman going, like, oh my God. Like, just the way she says that. You know, we, um, before we recorded this, Jamie had asked me if the Insidious movies were on Netflix yet. I'm like, I don't know. She's like, well, can you check for me? I'm like, you've got Netflix on your phone, check on your phone, check. So she looks and all of a sudden, all I hear is her going, Oh, and I'm like what? And she's just showing me Patrick Wilson's face on Insidious. And then she's like, Oh, he's so beautiful. <laughs> Does he ever do that? Like when she just like stares at a picture of you? Like, is it just going to, oh. All the time. So beautiful. <laughs> Show her a picture of me. Remember, remember, we covered this. My spouse actually finds me attractive. <laughs> Hence why I start having to look at other people's spouses, because it gets to me after a while. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, love, I love when Tuki comes from Africa to... Uh, San Francisco and you've got like the Indiana Jones style map. The one, Actually, all the way back at the very beginning with the cartoon when you see that map of Africa and they're like, deep in the heart of Africa. Like I love that map and you see like the other parts of Africa. You've got like spleen, colon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what the other part says. It's, it's kind of funny. What, what is a colon of Africa? It looks like it's Kenya. I feel like that should be offensive somehow. But um, Gabon. Gabon. <laughs> I am Gillian Larson. I am... No, all right. <laughs> Survivor Oz, download now. Um, <laughs> when we make you pay for it. Um, I, I'd like to know actually where this was filmed. Like, I, it feels Hawaii when you see these Africa shots. Like, it kind of looks like, uh, you know, the mashed potato doesn't give enough away. So, I, I'm <laughs> guessing it's Hawaii. It kind of looks I'll very look similar to Jurassic Park, like the the Kaloa Ranch or whatever it's called out that way. Um yeah, uh, the the fight sequence, as I sort of mentioned a few bits to it, it, it's hilarious. You even get a wedgie in the fight sequence, which is, mm. you know, you always love a good wedgie. There are, def- like, again, going back to my point a lot, that there's definitely plot holes in this movie that kind of don't make sense. Like, when when Ursula shows up, how did she get there? Like, it's kind of like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Minutes behind him. <laughs> yeah, like, he's he's been trekking along the African tundra for days on days, running... Uh, and, and how does he get money, George? You know, he bought McDonald's before. Yeah. Is he just, like, stealing this money from Ursula's wallet? <laughs> UPS from San Francisco to Africa? That's not going to be cheap. Express as well. Like, I mean, you know, it's mm. not like he's gone shipping. Like, he's, he's gone airmail. I love the mercenary guys when they're ta- they're taking uh, them through the jungle. And there's that part where they look at the monkey and like, oh, see the monkey. And they all look up and they're like, Oh, <laughs> they just came. I, I forgot about this. And where do they come from? Yeah, who are these Maybe people? They just show up. Yeah, I think are they meant to be like South African? Because I think they even say like South African mercenaries or something like that. But I, I love also like the. You knew they bit. were the bad guys because they were white. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Colin, bringing the racist humor. Good job. Um. I like it when we see the the visual humor of the sign where it's like shortcut to Eight Mountain, George's Way. 
Uh, they kind of go there. And other random bits, like when the ninja monkeys show up, I love this bongo gram thing. And I just love the way the narrator goes, bongo gram, what could <laughs> it mean? <laughs> so random. The one thing of all the plot holes in this movie, the one thing that does kind of irk me is that you have... Uh, Ursula's mother, like, absolutely hating on George and that, but then next minute you're at the wedding and she's just okay with it. Like, it's okay. That makes no sense. There's one scene when they're dancing at the wedding and you've got Ape dancing with Holland Taylor and kind of he's doing, like, this thing with his hands, right, and she's kind of leaning in. They're just dancing. I, for the longest time, thought he was groping her because it's just the way the camera is. It literally looks like he's full Noah Groves and, like, paying too much attention to her boobs. Like, go back and watch that scene. Like, it just it just looks incredibly weird. Um, but it's a Disney movie. I also like the, um, the, the lead uh, tour guide who kind of cheers... Shep with the the thing. One of the the bits I actually noticed. I don't know if it was in the trivia or the the goof section of IMDb. It makes a very good point. The tour guides never met George yet. They're at the wedding. I guess that's maybe for yeah. Ursula. Um, I'm not too sure there, but uh, anyway, I also like or for George, the audience. I love George's hug of Ursula's dad. That's kind of like they sort of like this smile and yeah, the big hug. But uh, yeah, I, I love the 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 Lion King ending. <laughs> George is lucky, I guess. George, George, George of the jungle. George of the jungle. <laughs> On Pride Rock. But I love the, wait a minute, don't you want to know what happened to me? <laughs> <laughs> and I just love this cheesy Vegas show where you've got like a George of the jungle and a Ursula wannabe swinging on either side. They bang into the trees and you've got our two henchmen kind of in the tree like smiling as they're dancing. Oh, so good. So good. This movie's fantastic. It is, and lots of people found it fantastic. Uh, well, about fifty-six percent of people found it fantastic because it's got fifty. Come on, it really is. Like honestly, I would love for some this this to be revisited by some critics who gave this a low rating because I can understand in the nineties, you know, people just think, oh, this is dumb entertainment. Maybe they just miss how smart a lot of the jokes are in this movie, mm. uh, and how unique and well written it is. And how genuinely funny this movie is. And 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 like you said, also, you know, it, it's got heart to it. Because uh, I, I don't understand how this could have a mediocre response. Now, it probably still has a higher rating than I'm guessing Inspector Gadget or Garfield or the Flintstones or those movies. Dudley so maybe that's right. something. <laughs> Dudley Do-Right, yeah. Um, the uh, one review I guess we'll cover here, Roger Ebert gave it three out of four stars. Oh, Roger. He said it was good-natured. And he complimented the cast comedic performances. Wow. All right. And just quickly, just, just on the notion, you said Inspector Gadget. Inspector Gadget only has 21% of Rotten Tomatoes. Boo! Yeah. That's ridiculous. I, I, I'm glad that this is higher, though. Oh, between me the two too. Georgia Jungle is, okay, it's a better film. But Inspector Gadget's definitely one that I think holds up very well as well. Great movie. Mm. Uh, box office. Box office. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so this movie makes $174 million worldwide. That's 1997. That's decent. Uh, 97. Over $100 million domestically. Yeah. Uh, this is actually, it, 
really put into perspective here, it was the 13th highest grossing film of the entire year, wow. 1997. And, and so 97 Lost World would have been number one, yes, and Men in Black would have been the two biggest films that year, am I? Titanic. Oh, well, I think I've heard of that. I don't know so, what that <laughs> Titanic, Men in Black, The Lost World, Liar Liar, Air Force One. Those were the top five highest grossing films. Can we, can we just can we uh, just establish this on that fact? Liar Liar? Like that yeah. made that much. What a movie. There's another great movie. Crazy. God, whenever we do Jim Carrey month, that is gonna be a tough month to do. Oh, you yeah, you can't limit to a month for that. God, unless you're just Jim, doing chronological. Jim Carrey quarter. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Uh, it, but showing how this movie actually had a lot of longevity too, it opens July 18th, uh, which is a very famous weekend uh, because Nothing to Lose also came out. Oh. Classic film. Jackie Chan's Operation Condor. Oh. The Swan Princess Escape from Castle Mountain. And Mrs. Brown with Dame Judi Dench. Oh, Dame uh, but Judi Dench. This, this did open number two, which was the highest opening film that week, but uh, it was just behind Men in Black, which was in its second, third weekend already at that point. Uh, so Men in Black dominated box office, but still this ended the 13th highest grossing film of the year. I'm looking at it's the- It's actually really good. Yeah, I'm looking at the yearly worldwide, the yearly worldwide gross for 97, just the top 10, at least it has it on Wikipedia. And Liar Lai seventh on that one, but Tomorrow Never Dies obviously made a lot more money overseas than it did in North yeah. America because that's number four. But um, I mean, and it's tenth in North America. It's one of these years where I think like we, we I, didn't we do this with ninety four or ninety three? There was one of these years where we're like, wow, what a great year for movies. But I mean, mm-hmm. even here, I mean, we've done uh, well now a few of these. Titanic, we've obviously done Titanic. Uh, we know our thoughts, respective thoughts on that. We've done Lost World, <laughs> Jurassic Park, Men in Black, great movie. Tomorrow Never Dies, Air Force One. There's a great movie. Yeah. Uh, as good as it gets, I've actually never seen. Um, oh, great movie. Liar, Liar, great movie. My Best Friend's Wedding, yeah, it's okay. Uh, Fifth Element, underrated, what a movie. And The oh, Full Monty, it. great movie. Mm-hmm. So, Con uh, Air. Yeah. yeah, yeah, great great year for movies, 97. Mm-hmm. 1997 year, coming <laughs> next year, sure. <laughs> Fuck it, we should just do like, go full on retro. Like, you know, like 2021, we're just going to do all movies from 91. Like, that's all we do. Yeah. And then just substitute every, that- tw- yeah. Cover that's not 90s. even a bad idea. I think I thought we talked. We might have talked about this before. That's not actually a bad idea for a podcast. Mm. You start with here's a movie that was released in the first week of January in 1997, and you just yeah. cover an entire year. Well, once we get all those Patreons and we start making a living yeah. off this, <laughs> uh, that you know, Tina Wesson fans, I'm hoping you're going to sign up to our fifty thousand dollar a week tier on uh, on Patreon. But no, that would be fun. Like actually, kind of just I don't know, calling it like. 20 years or yeah you choose like a time frame so that yeah january first week of january you do a recap on whatever came out that year 20 years ago and yeah that that's a good idea colin thank you i'm pretty sure we talked about before but i'll claim credit anyways and the other one too Uh, wasn't it that we were gonna do that i think this is back in the day when we even initially thought about doing this as a separate spin-off was going over every single best picture award winner at the academy awards right like even going back to mm -hmm. the 30s and stuff like that yeah i did that a couple years ago Good luck with that. I, I wouldn't yeah, it last took me like a, three episodes. It took me a while to life got paid interest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what happened to 1972? Great. Still got about another 12 years till I start getting interested. Uh, let's quickly look at some of these reviews here. Um, there's a lot of opinions on the one-star reviews here. Oh, we're in the young well, Okay, yep, cool. I haven't even Yeah, I'll do yet. this one. Uh, there's only four one-star reviews here, uh, but uh, some of these titles are pretty good. I'm going to pick a review here. Jonathan Junko. 
<laughs> what? Yeah, George of the Jungle. The, 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 four, the four headlines are hilarious. It's like, it is what it is. That's actually a, that's a subtitle for the Oz Network too. George of the yeah. Jungle, the worst movies of all time. Apparently there's more than one in this movie. And stupid smiling ape guy swings into fake trees. Uh, uh, I'm going to read a little bit from the worst movies of all time one here. George of the Jungle is hands down the worst movie of all time. Not movies now, movie. Ah, uh, but you got to read the here last you, all times. It's pluralized. All times, times, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Here you have it all rolled into one. Incredibly bad acting, yawnfully unstimulating story, flat characters, hollow jokes, cheap sets, budget television cinematography, and half-hearted stunts. That is the entire point of the movie, by the way. Uh, this movie doesn't offer any of the appeal of the original cartoon, which was funny and charming for what it was. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, something about uh, fast food kids meals. Here we go. End here. Watching Brendan Fraser, whose budding career was luckily not destroyed by this movie, and Leslie Mann do the jungle dance to an uninspired Disney tune was terribly painful. Oh. One can only imagine the conditions in Hollywood that lead actors to gleefully sign such devil's packs. <laughs> Wow. Well, I like, I like the Is What It Is one from Beresford JD. Basically, in their review, says, I am aware that John Cleese has to pay loads of alimony to ex-wives, so needs to do whatever comes his way as he does not actually appear. I imagine he simply did it for money. It's a stupid movie for kids. And there's no other pretensions, but when one compares it to, say, Nanny McPhee, which is... <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Nanny McPhee. Nanny McPhee. Uh... <laughs> <gasps> I can't read the rest of it. Sorry. <laughs> going back to our bingo of things you thought you were going to say on this show. I thought, I mean, it's, it's taken us to 2020 to finally mention Nanny McPhee. Um, <laughs> I think that that's, that's uh, the jump the shark moment, isn't it, of podcasting? You mentioned Nanny McPhee, you're done. What is Nanny like McPhee? Like Noah Groves. Who is in that? Uh, it's Emma Thompson oh. doing Mary Poppins. Emma, I mean, Emma Thompson, what a woman, but like Nanny yeah. McPhee. Colin Firth is Nanny in it. McPhee. Oh God! Who are Tom? It's all step below How to Make an American Quilt, though. That, who's that little kid? Don, Thomas Brody Sangster. He looks familiar. He looks like oh, Thomas Sangster. Yeah. Angela That's Lansbury. Uh... Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Angela Lansbury. If you're listening to us today, um, didn't realize you had that reaction. <laughs> 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 What's wrong with Angela Lansbury? She's such an old lady, you know? You know my feelings on old ladies. You're going to be an old lady one day. I'm going to be an old lady one day, okay. Probably. Oh, Thomas Brody Sanks is a little kid in love, actually. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's who he is. Yep. Uh, plot keywords here. Character interacts with narrator month. That could actually be kind of fun. Yeah, it does do uh, right on that list. Stranger Than Fiction, George of the Jungle, Annie Hall, and George of the Jungle Part 2. <laughs> oh, God. Never watching it. Seriously, people, don't watch that movie. I Five minutes I lasted. Five, and I, we I, do I have... watched Manifest. I don't give up. I gave up five minutes into George of the Jungle 2. <laughs> we do have Male Objectification Month. Thank you. Yep, there it is. Jamie's Game... Austin looking at that. Yeah, Game of Thrones, American Horror Story, The Boys in the Band, Supernatural, Stranger Things. It's a show about not even teenage boys, prepubescent boys. Where's the male objectification when, when of Stranger Nona Things? Rider is a woman, people. She is a little boy. <laughs> Man wears woman's clothing month. There it is. I just looked at that, yeah. 
Featuring George of the Jungle, Bringing Up Baby, Zorro the Gay Blade. Zorro the Gay Blade. <laughs> I'm intrigued. Um, and the silence. So no Mrs. Doubtfire, no Tootsie, none of those. Like the obvious ones. Zorro the Gay Blade. Oh, I'm, keep reading. I'm reading more about this. I'm reading about people covered in feces month. Oh, yes. Not another teen movie, Ocean's Eleven, Train Spotting, and Slumdog Millionaire. Oh, lots of poop in that. Um, in 1840s Mexico, wealthy landowner Don Diego Vega learns of his late father's secret as Zorro, the mask-folked hero, and Vega adopts his new persona. But when Vega is incapacitated by an injury, he asks Roman, his very gay, long-lost twin brother, <laughs> now calling himself Bunny, to replace him as the caped hero who makes some drastic changes to his Zorro persona. I'm kind of guessing a movie made in 1981 called Zorro the Gay Blade probably wouldn't hold up very well nearly 30 years later. 40 years later. Uh, I did find Jamie's other month here. Uh, this is really the only other good one I could find on here. Clothed Female Naked Male Month. Oh, uh, okay. Featuring Hustlers. Strange that a movie about female strippers is under the Clothed Female and Naked Male section, but okay. Interesting. Uh, Troy. That was my mom's favorite uh, Naked Male movie, oh, Troy. That movie <laughs> shit. I hate that movie. Uh, Troy's, no, Alexander was terrible. No, Troy I've never was, seen Alexander. I like, I was, oh, no, sorry. That's a lie. I saw like five minutes of Alexander and fell asleep. But no, I, I we had to go see Troy for... Uh, we saw it for some class in school and basically just like all the girls were like, ah, ah, Brad Pitt, ah, ah. And just, oh, that movie was boring. This was uh, this was the movie that made my mom fall in love with Eric Bana to uh, unnatural levels. Should have watched The Castle. Uh, Come on, that makes you fall in love with Eric Yeah, Bana. exactly. Uh, final one, I, Tanya. Was there clothed females and naked males in that movie? I mean, there were definitely clothed females. <laughs> I don't remember. Naked I don't male. remember I Tonya being a naked movie. Um, yeah. I mean, if it is, I need to watch it again. Alison Jenny, Margot Margot Robbie. <laughs> I love how it was Alison Jenny first over Margot Robbie there. Um, I don't remember naked men in that movie. No, but I, Jamie yeah. will find out. Zorro the Gay Blade. Also, funny fact was uh, in Joker. You can actually see Best. it was playing on one of the uh, the screens at that time. So exactly yeah. Joker's type of film. Yeah, exactly. And nominated for a Golden Globe was uh, Laura, uh, uh, who? George Hamilton, that Hamilton, uh, nominated for a Golden Globe. (laughs) Good for him. Uh, So I already know what we're doing with this movie. We're buying it, it, right? Buy it. Buy it. Do you know what's weird about this is that I started this movie remembering it, remembering it fondly enough. I was like, yeah, I think that's probably, it's, it's it's a solid rent movie, having not seen it in 20 years. Watch it now. I'm like, not only am I saying I'm buying this movie, I actually was looking up earlier in the episode how much it would cost to get a copy of this, which by the way, it is $50 for the Blu-ray. So wow. I will stick with Disney Plus for now, but $50? I am buying it for the Blu-ray. Penny. Let's be honest. Yeah, exactly. You could also spend $15 and get a two-pack with it in George of the Jungle 2, but well, then you have to deal with owning George of the Jungle spend 2. Spend $50, Colin. Uh- <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that, that used. I never forget. We used to when I worked at the CD DVD store, Sanity. We would have you know these three for forty DVDs, or some you'd have like three for twenty DVDs, or two for twenty, whatever it was. And I remember this um, this person like wanted to buy Rush Hour Two, I think it was. So they come up to the counter, Rush Hour Two. Rush Hour Two by itself was like forty dollars on DVD, and I knew you could get the twin pack of both of them in the three for forty. 
So I'm kind of like, oh, hey, well, for the same price, you could actually get Rush Hour 1 and 2 together and plus two other movies basically for free. And they're like, no, 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 it's okay. I've already got Rush Hour 1. And I'm like, but, but, but like, give it to a friend, right? <laughs> yeah. Then you get this and you get two other movies for free. And they literally would not budge. No, 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 it's okay. I just want this. I'm like, but, but, but <laughs> you're getting it for free. So I think what... <laughs> I don't know if that was a time. I know there was one time somebody just would not listen. So we ended up just scanning them through and keeping two of the DVDs for ourselves. It's, like, <laughs> you, it's the same amount of money. Like you're an idiot if you're not doing this. But yeah, gosh. No, George of the Jungle 2. I think when we rented it from memory, my friend and I watched it for five minutes. We hated it so much. We literally took the DVD out and we got it from like Blockbuster or whatever Australia's version of Blockbuster was in like 2004. We literally got the DVD out. We threw the disc on the ground and trod on it and, like, scratched it deliberately. We're like, this movie's shit. And we never got charged for it. Like, they didn't look at it because they used to look at them back in the day. Because nobody else ever rented it. Yes. (laughs) It's still sitting on the shelf and they're closed. That was the one that when they did the closing down sale, it's just sitting there still in an abandoned Hobart building somewhere. But Sad face. Yeah, I, I, the only bit I want to see of that movie is the joke where it's like, oh, we couldn't afford to pay Brendan Fraser. And it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> really? Guys, come on. You're rubbing salt in the wound. So next week we get to cover uh, one of my favorite Brendan Fraser movies, Airheads, uh, a movie that did not do well when it originally came out, but I think because of how big the film careers have been of the three leads since then, it's a movie that's like kind of like Bill and Ted. You know, I'm Bill and Ted was successful when it first came out, but this is a dated movie. It is very early to mid nineties uh, and probably was actually even trying to capitalize on Bill and Ted at the time. You know, it's, it's a bunch of bad musicians who are a little bit dumb uh, and there's no time travel in this one, uh, but uh, it's, uh, it's still around and people still talk about this movie. And it's when you look through the cast, you can understand why. Cause not only we get Brendan Fraser, we get Adam Sandler, Steve Buscemi, Michael Richards, Chris Farley, mm. Michael McKeon, Judd Nelson, Judd Nelson, David Arquette. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and this is, I don't, I don't know if you've seen this movie, but it is, it's such a fun movie, uh, but it would work on every level because for one, the title may be the biggest problem with this movie because they're actually not really dumb in the movie. They just pull a really dumb stunt. I mean, the plot is essentially a failed band holds a radio station hostage and then it gets out of control and they have to start pretending like they're crazy so that people will just play their song on the radio. But it has like such a big cast. And a lot of those people I mentioned, like David Arquette, who weren't even a star yet, it, they get really funny moments in this movie. This isn't a movie where it's just all Brendan Fraser. I mean, everybody gets to shine in this movie. It is so good. And it's one of these movies, almost like a uh, major league where they come up with insults in this movie for people that I still quote to this day, because it's just such an absurd way to insult a person like some really funny stuff in this i just want to quickly say we we love over on 007 download now via all different podcast platforms uh ripping shit into a certain rolling stone reviewer peter travers and (laughs) i'm just reading here on the wikipedia page peter travers of rolling stone gave the film a rare positive review um now (laughs) is that a rare positive review from peter travers or just a rare positive review for this film um, the plot of this movie sounds like what we're planning to do with the Oz Network, just like, you know, holding hostage a radio station and making people to listen to it, essentially. <laughs> I, I've never seen it. The, the, I think my only, I guess, uh, connection to this movie was, I want to say, in, maybe it was when we did Free Jack or something. I, I'd watched the trailer online. And, you know, sometimes when you watch one trailer, like it comes up with, a, you know, suggested titles. And Airheads came up as a trailer. And I'm like, oh, what's this movie? 
and I watched the trailer for it. I'm like, oh, this actually looks kind of funny. Like, you know, I don't think I'd really known anything about it. So, and I was like, oh, Adam Sandler, Brendan Fraser, Steve Buscemi all mm-hmm. together. Like, how have I not seen this movie? So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it because we, we haven't done an Adam Sandler movie yet, have we? No, Which, no, never. I'm a I'm a big Adam Sandler fan. I would love to do an Adam Sandler. It's kind of like Jim Carrey, though. I think Adam Sandler, you can't just do a month. You've got to maybe do. And I mean, are you a, much of an Adam Sandler fan, or are you in the middle? Or well, I mean, he he's definitely hit and miss. But when he's hit, he's great. Like he's got some great like Wedding Singer, Big Daddy. I think those are probably the two that Happy I like the Gilmore. most. Happy Gilmore. The the first uh, Grown Ups movie, not the second, but the first one, awesome. Billy Madison. Great movie. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that I like with like Adam Sandler, it's kind of it's kind of like me and Die Another Day, right? I know Die Another Day is a bad film, but I love it anyway. Like I, I can see it, I can enjoy it for what it is. Even Adam Sandler's terrible movies, I love. One of my favorite, I'd put in my top five Adam Sandler movies. You don't mess with the Zohan. I, I remember seeing that. At oh, that one is good. Fucking losing my shit at how funny that movie was. Fizzy Bobble. Like, we used to say that all the time after that movie. Uh, silky Smooth. Oh, God. Can we do that movie? <laughs> fuck, fuck, airheads. Let's do our Adam Sandler month. I'm only joking. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to, to seeing this one. And I think, Colin, I, I haven't talked to you about this off air, but I feel like we need to change up the order of these because generally what we like to do is we like to, if one of us haven't seen the movie, we tend to let mm-hmm. the other host it. So I'm obviously going to be hosting Airheads. You need to host Dudley Do-Right. So I feel like we need to not have Dudley Do-Right last. We need okay. to have Dudley Do-Right third so you can do it. And also that's a secret ploy of mine so we can actually get to Dudley Do-Right sooner. <laughs> Let's do it. Because <laughs> I'm fine to host Bedazzled because I'm happy to drool over both Brendan Fraser and Elizabeth Hurley for 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. And Orlando uh, Jones. Oh, what a man. Oh, wow. We're really getting the good connect. Like, honestly, like you think about these connections of, of all the different actors. We did it with Rene Russo month too, obviously doing like yeah. Thomas Crown Affair and Free Jack, you know, getting other actors we love. We're doing this now with like Adam Sandler, Steve Buscemi. We did it this week. Thomas Hayden Church, Leslie Mann, Holland Taylor, Dudley Do-Right. Well, one of us, Sarah Jessica Parker. We both like Alfred Molina. So that's, that's, everyone you know, loves Alfred Molina. Everyone loves him. Doc Ock, absolutely. He, Brendan Fraser loves hanging out with the, the Spider-Man villains. Where's his movie with Willem Dafoe? Like Thomas Hayden Church, mm-hmm. Alfred Molina. I'm sure there's got to be a Willem Dafoe movie out there that Brendan Fraser has done. And if there isn't, there should be. <laughs> Let's just write it ourselves now. Yeah. And the Jamie Foxx movie and the Reese Iphons movie. Well, he does one with Orlando Jones. There's a connection there. Like, you know, is <laughs> he, he done a Michael Keaton movie, a Jake Gyllenhaal movie? Brendan Fraser is oh. the new Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Six degrees of Brendan Fraser. There's another shirt. <laughs> We're going to have them all on our well, store. When you do that, I love, uh, what was the t-shirt we said? I love Brendan Fraser or whatever it is. One. Um, uh, we'll I'm have to listen to the episode again to remember. Go back and listen to it. We, do, we should write these down. I, wa- <laughs> I want you to do a Kevin Bacon one for me so I can wear that. Will do. Uh, if you got to continue to listen to our Brendan Fraser month. Uh, we also have another month going on right now. Rossi and I are doing something similar to Ben just mentioned. Something that Rossi and I are doing for our Halloween recaps where Rossi picked two. You you're not. Those, uh, no. We just covered Twitches last week, so I think you're lucky. <laughs> Can you please <laughs> please explain my exact reaction to you when you sent me a message saying, oh, <laughs> Twitches was a buy and a bin. What did I reply to you? Uh, it, I think it was, uh, it, I, I like the twins, but you lost me at the witches. No, no. Before that, I was like, WTF is Twitches. <laughs> and, then, and then you said like oh it's about two twins who become witches and i'm like you had yeah. me at twins you lost me at witches <laughs> yeah which is exactly what i expected your response would be 
Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not sad that I missed out on the Oz Network recap <laughs> for Twitches. But interestingly enough, we are alternating the same way where I have to host Rossi's choices like Twitches and he has to host my choices like From Dusk Till Dawn, uh, which is, I think, already up. You can listen to it now. And if you can't, <laughs> just wait a day. It'll be up. I don't know. And knowing Rossi how I do, uh, Rocky, sorry, uh, Rocky? I'm sure he will probably not like that movie. No. <laughs> Oh, and we got The Amazing Race coming up as well. Oh, uh, and also the spin-off, The Amazing Racist, starring Noah. Yeah, <laughs> Noah grows in The Amazing Racist. That is an old Survivor Oz joke. If you remember back to our uh, days of covering Survivor, uh, Amazing Race Australia versus New Zealand when we had, um, oh, I've got to even blank on their names. Uh, the two really funny, biggish New Zealand girls. We used to call them like Frogmouth and all that sort of stuff, whatever their names were. Um, when we interviewed, remember. Well, you would if you looked them up. When we interviewed her, she was talking about how we made one of our best of. She was going to create a show called The Amazing Racist. Uh, so, <laughs> and then Noah stole it. That joke, seven years old. <laughs> but she's laughing now. <laughs> she is. And I love... Oh, we'll, that would we'll sign up boy. for our Patreon. Indeed. I, I uh, Sign up for our Patreon just to hear us covering The Amazing Race Australia versus New Zealand because that was one of the funnest things we've ever covered on Survivor Oz. Grand Bowler's fashion every week. My God, what a mm-hmm. what a show. Um, Sorry, so Colin, wrap the show up. <laughs> Segway. <laughs> Wrapping the show up. <laughs> I'll just sit here and just stare at pretty colours and think about <laughs> things that I say often. It's a bad... Shiny objects. Uh, oh, look, a penny. <laughs> we will be back with other stuff and more Brenda Fraser. And wait for the t-shirts because they are coming. My name is Bradley Flavor. <laughs> and my name is Ben and Jamie can see why they call me the king of the jungle. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at the Oz network.net thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time